0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Prime Time Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey May You are listening to WZBC AM Sports Radio. This is my weekly segment on Tuesday nights from 7, 8 o'clock. I think this is my second one, now maybe my third, live in the studio here on Tuesday nights. So I'm going to bring you guys an hour of sports uh, over the next hour. So I'm going to start off with the MLB, talk about their playoffs and what's been going on there. Obviously, the Phillies end up beating the Padres in five games. The Astros beating the Yankees as well. uh, Just a couple nights ago now on Sunday, ended that series. uh, Tough series for that Yankees team getting swept in four games by the Astros. Then I have the Phillies and Astros. I'm going to preview the World Series, give you you guys my predictions of what I think is going to happen in that uh, big showdown between the Phillies and the Astros on Friday night in Houston on Fox. That game will be game one of the series. Then I'll move on to the NFL, talk about the Giants a little bit, talk about the Patriots as well. I'll have two friends coming on to talk about the Patriots, talk about everything sports. We're probably going to talk Celtics, Red Sox, Bruins, maybe even the Giants as well if we're lucky. I'm uh, going to talk everything sports. They're going to come on probably give, my, uh, give some more insight into the Patriots and how they've been playing. Obviously, a tough game last night for the Patriots against the Bears. Then I'll break down some things going on across the NFL with the NFC East being a powerhouse all of a sudden, the Jets being 5-2, and two, the Giants being 6-1. and one. And then I'll also talk about uh, Rodgers and Brady and what's going on They are both those guys really struggling uh, so far early in this season. And then I'm going to give you guys my NBA season predictions, which I meant to do last week, just did not get to it, obviously. So give you guys my predictions for that, who I think is going to be the MVP, the Defensive Player of the Year, the Rookie of the Year, Defensive uh, or First Team All-NBA, Second Team All-NBA, give you guys all my predictions for that, and then also break down some record predictions for the Eastern and Western Conferences. So I'm going to start off with the MLB, so the Phillies end up beating the Padres in six games, or five games, rather, actually, my prediction was Phillies in six. They had winning that in five games, huge for the Phillies, obviously, now to get an extra few days of rest. Now they'll have four days of rest before they play on Friday night in Houston. Now they'll have their pick of who they want to pitch between Aaron Nola and Zach Rilla, both those guys being aces. I think they're going to go end up going with Nola. I think he's the better pitcher of the two of them, even though both, obviously, are great pitchers. I would lean towards Nola. Since now he's been putting up great numbers. Both guys have, though, so you can really justify either guy being, you know, the starter in game one. Really can't go wrong either way. As for the Astros, though, beating the Yankees in four games gives them a ton of uh, a huge advantage at the end of the day now that they can rest their bullpen, rest their starting pitching for an extra couple of days than they would have had if they didn't beat the Yankees in four games. Obviously, if that series goes five games or six games, They don't get that rest. So it makes a big difference at the end of the day, especially in the game of baseball. You want your starting pitches to be healthy by the time you get to the postseason or as far as you can get into the postseason, that is. So as the Phillies, though, they've been helped out a ton by Bryce Hopper, obviously the 2021 National League MVP. He's been hot for them. First play to hit a home run in three different series clinching wins in a single postseason in MLB history. So very impressive there, uh, hitting a home run in three straight series clinching games. Huge postseason for him in general, I think he's the best hitter in the Amer- in the uh home attire major leagues. I think he's the best player in baseball right now. I think he's the one player I would not want to face right now. As the Phillies though, they really turned this season around through the first fifty games of the season, they were twenty one and twenty-nine. That was tied for fourth worst record through the first fifty games for any team to win a pennant, which the Houston Astros in two thousand five were eighteen and thirty-two. The Washington Nationals were nineteen and thirty-one in twenty nineteen. And then the nineteen fourteen uh, Boston Red Sox were 20 and 30. Uh, so if you look at it, that's three teams right there that had a worse record, a worse record that is, in the first 50 games than the Phillies had this year, being 21 to 29. And they end up winning, you know, uh, 87 games total over the course of the season. Really not enough uh, than most teams were. They were the sixth seed in the NL, the last wildcard team. End up making a run, obviously beating the Cardinals in the first round and then beating uh, the Braves in the second round, and now beating uh, the Padres in the third round, and now obviously are in the World Series against the Astros. So they really turned this season around. Obviously firing Joe Girardi midseason, maybe created a spark for that team. If you look at it, they finished the season 87-75, sixth in the NL, as I said, and ended up beating three great teams to get to where they are now. So very impressive postseason for them. In Bryce Hopper's first 30 playoff games of his career, Hitting 286 with a 358 batting average, with a 286 batting average, a 358 slugging percentage, and a 639, a 639 slugging percentage, and a 358 on base percentage. Very impressive numbers in his first 30 playoff games. 286 batting average, 358 on base percentage, and a 639 slugging percentage. And against the best of the playoffs, he's averaged at least one home run every 13.5 plate appearances. 10 home runs and 135 plate appearances. That comes from JJ Cooper, who writes about the MLB. So very impressive, obviously, for the Phillies. And if you look at it, I think it really starts with their executives and who's higher up in that organization. I had them in my predictions in April. I had the Red Sox versus the Phillies. Obviously, the Red Sox did not work out, didn't even make the playoffs. The Red Sox and the Phillies were my World Series matchup for this year in 2022. And as I said, didn't work out for the Red Sox. But for the Phillies, though, I, the reason I had them in my World Series prediction is because of what they did in the offseason. Obviously, you had a guy like Kyle Schwarber. You have Nick Castellanos. Two great pieces there. You have two of the best pitchers in baseball, Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. You already have Bryce Harper, an MVP candidate. Then you add in a couple other pieces like Bryson Stott, a rookie, obviously a prospect for them coming up. You have another, another couple good pieces and Alec Boehm, a young player there. I saw a lot of good things out of this Phillies team. And if you look at it, who their general manager is, the president of baseball operations, is Dave Dombrowski. And he actually became the first executive in MLB history to lead four different organizations to the World Series. Did it with the Marlins, the Tigers, and the Red Sox. Three different organizations, and now brings a World Series pennant, or a chance to win the World Series, bring a pennant to Philadelphia for the Phillies now in 2022. So very impressive history, obviously, for the Phillies uh, president of baseball operations in Dave dombrowski He just wins. Whatever it takes to win, he does. And that's why I had them winning the NL this year. Because I think if you look at it, a lot of people look at the Dodgers, which in my predictions before the playoffs, I think I had the Dodgers in it. Or I'm not even sure if I actually did predictions for the postseason. Because once I started doing predictions, the first round was already over. The wild card round was over. But I think if you look at it, I probably would have had the Dodgers winning. And that's because of how well the Dodgers are run. But if you look at the Phillies, they're in win-now mode, especially when you have, when you have Dave Dabrowski as your president of baseball operations, you are always in win-now mode. You are always in win-now mode with him. He doesn't care who he's going to trade. Look at what the Red Sox did to get Chris Sale trading Yohan Moncada, one of the best prospects in baseball. I think he was number one and number two at the time. And then if you look at it, it really worked out for the Red Sox. You end up winning a World Series in 2018. So it works out at the end of the day, but the Red Sox did give up a lot in that deal. Yohan Moncada didn't really pan out completely, but the Red Sox did give up uh, Michael Kopech as well. Threw 103 miles an hour from the mound. Great pitcher as well. And if you look at it now, you win a World Series, but Chris Sale isn't the player he once was, obviously, but At the end of the day, you win a World Series, so it's worth it. So this Phillies team, obviously making trades at the deadline, getting Noah Syndergaard and getting David Robinson from the Cubs, Noah Syndergaard from the Angels, and getting a guy like Brandon Bosch from the Angels, all three of those moves were win-now moves. Win-now moves. And that's very important, especially in today's day of sports. If you want to go all-in, you have to go all-in. And that's what the Red Sox did when Dave Dabrowski was the president of baseball operations, and now that's what the Phillies did. And that's why I had them winning the National League this year. And obviously, I think, in my prediction, I think I had the Red Sox winning in six games. So at the end of the day, it's not like I had the Red Sox, you know, losing to the Phillies in six games. My prediction right now, though, is different. It's different. Obviously, the Red Sox aren't in it. So, you know, it's not going to be the same. But my prediction right now is the Phillies beating the Astros in six games. And if you look at it, the Astros are a powerhouse. Fourth World Series appearance in the last six years. They won the World Series in 2017. 106-56 on the year. Number one team in the American League. And if you look at it, they just went on a run in the postseason without losing a game. They did not lose a game in the postseason. And if you want to look at what they did in the regular season versus the Phillies, so you can base that, I guess, in your predictions, the Phillies and the Astros finished the regular season versus each other. That was both of their last regular season matchups. And the Phillies ended up losing two out of three games to them. Only took one game out of three to that Astros team. So the Astros are 2-1 and against the Phillies. And the Phillies, right now, I think are just hot. That's why I like the Phillies to win this in six games. I think what the Phillies have been doing in the postseason so far is just something that the Red Sox did in 2018. But no, no deficit is too much for that team to come back from. And that's what you want. At the end of the day, you want your team to be hot in the playoffs. And that's what this team is right now. This Phillies team, there's something gritty about this team that they're in win-now mode. And you look at what their lineup's doing. Look at what their lineup's doing. Bryce Hobbit's hitting 4 the postseason, 11 games, with five home runs, 11 RBIs, 39 total bases, with a .907 slugging percentage and a 1351 OPS and a 444 OBP. Miraculous. It's ridiculous how good he is. It's ridiculous how good Bryce Hopper is right now. I get the Phillies winning in six games, I said, but it's not even just Bryce. Reese Hoskins only hit 182 in the postseason with a .545 slugging percentage and .779 OPS, but has five home runs and 11 RBIs. Nick Castellanos hitting just 220, but six RBIs and has made some big plays and some big moments. I think this Phillies team wins in six games. I know everyone loves that Astros team. The Astros obviously might be the better team on paper, but there's something about this Phillies team. And I'm, I'm going to name some guys in the Astros that are having great postseason. Some guys that aren't. Yuli Gurriel hitting 367 with two home runs and three RBIs in the postseason. 17 total bases at 933 OPS. Alex Bregman, 333 batting average with a two with two home runs, seven RBIs, and a 975 OPS. Jeremy Pena, a rookie shortstop, three home runs, five RBIs and a 303 batting average and 990 OPS. And if you look at it, they have one, two, three, four, five guys with an OPS over 888. Five guys. Chaz McCormick, 250 batting average with 898 OPS. And then you look at Peña, Bregman, Gurriel, Alvarez... Has an 8.89 OPS, a 2.41 batting average with two home runs and eight RBIs. Everyone talks about Alvarez like he's the best hitter in baseball. Bryce Hopper, I think, is the best hitter in baseball right now. I would not take Bryce Hopper over anyone in baseball. No, Alvarez, one of the most fan players in baseball right now. I'm not taking anything away from him. But he's hitting 2.41 in the postseason with two home runs. Look what Bryce Hopper is doing, hitting over 400 with five home runs. I'd take Bryce Hopper over anyone in the game of baseball right now. As for what the Astros are doing on the mound, They've been dominating as well. They've been dominating. Lance is great postseason so far, 245 ERA in 11 innings with just 10 hits allowed, 13 strikeouts and three walks. Justin Verlander, 14 strikeouts to two walks and 10 innings with a 6-3 ERA. Did not have a great outing in one of his two uh, outings in the postseason. I think he recovers, though. I think it might be tough for the Phillies in game one, especially if he's on the mound. I think he's going to be, it seems like. But as for who's struggling for the Astros right now, it's usually hot, is Jose Altuve. A 296 OPS, a 125 slugging percentage, a 171 on base percentage, and a .094 batting average, with no home runs, no RBIs, and 11 strikeouts and three walks. That's actually ridiculous, though, especially considering how good he usually is in the postseason. He's usually locked in. Bregman, another guy that's struggling, or not Bregman. Bregman's actually having a great postseason. Another guy that's struggling, Kyle Tucker. He's had a good postseason in the past. And he's just 214. Very impressed, though. With what this Astros team has done in the postseason, though, hitting very well, obviously, playing very good baseball. And now i want to talk about the Phillies for just one more second. I know my buddy E's tuning in right now, big Phillies fan. Shout out to the Phillies. Got some predictions here. My buddy Paul has the Phillies losing in five games. Don't agree with that. Mike Hurley, the sports guru, said all the best prospects for the Red Sox are Dave Dombrowski, guys, and that includes Brian Bayo, Tristan Casas, both those guys, two of the top prospects for the Red Sox. He's not wrong there. The Red Sox, honestly, a lot of the guys they still have are Dave Dabrowski guys. A lot of them. So Dabrowski obviously does great work. A lot of their prospects, as I said, are still Dave Dabrowski guys. And as you can tell, he's just in win-now mode. And that's why I think this Phillies team wins in six games. I think there's something different about this team. And if you look at what their pitching is doing, the Phillies have great pitching as well. And I know I talked about Aaron Nola and Zach Will. And let me just talk about their stats and what they have. Zach Wheeler in the postseason – has four starts in and 25 and a third innings, giving up five earned runs, 25 strikeouts of three walks with a 178 ERA. Aaron Nolan, three postseason starts, 17 and a third innings pitched, giving up six earned runs with 18 strikeouts of three walks and 3.12 as his ERA. Ranger Suarez, a two ERA and two postseason starts in nine innings, giving up just two earned runs with eight strikeouts of five walks. Obviously walks are an issue there, but eight strikeouts in nine innings, still impressive. Jose Alvarado out of the bullpen. Has a tougher ERA, 338 ERA, but at eight innings pitched, nine strikes of four walks. He struggled with walks, but 10.1 strikeouts per nine innings pitched. I think one impressive thing about that Philly team is how deep they are at pitch. Sir Anthony Dominguez, a 1.17 ERA in seven and two thirds innings pitched, with one earned run and three hits allowed in those seven and two thirds innings pitched. Very impressive. Very impressive. And I think if you look at it, I mean, they really have three legitimate starters in the postseason. Obviously, Noah Syndergaard got a start, five and third innings pitched for Noah Syndergaard, giving up one earned run and holds a 1.69 ERA in the postseason with four strikeouts and one walk. I'm very impressed by what this Phillies team is doing, and my prediction right now is the Phillies winning in six games. And one thing that my friend Eric just pointed out is that NL East teams always beat the Astros. The Nationals did it in 2019. The Braves did it in 2021, and who knows if the Phillies are just going to be another team adding to that list in 2022. And no undefeated playoff team has ever won the post, has ever won the World Series. No team is really yeah. No teams ever gone undefeated in the postseason. That's why I think the Phillies definitely win a game. I think the Phillies win six games. There's something different about this team. And I know Eric missed the first part of this. So I'm going to give my prediction one more time for all you guys have heard it now a million times. Phillies in six games. Something different about this team. I think they make a run. And I think they continue this run. They've already made a run. I thought they were going to make a run in my preseason predictions before opening day. And now I think they continue this run and win the World Series. But nothing short of what this Astros team has done is not impressive. Everything they've done is impressive. Four World Series appearances in six years. They won in 2017. 106-56 on the end. Yeah, number one in the American League. Game one. Friday night at 8.03 p.m. in Houston on Fox. Game two, Saturday night at 8.03 p.m. at Minute Maid Park on Fox as well. So very impressive. I'm excited to see what happens there between those two teams there. I will be rooting for the Phillies. I'm excited to see uh, what happens. Now I'm going to move on to the NFL. I'm going to talk about the Giants. I'm going to start off with them. There's a lot to talk about there. I'm going to talk about the Patriots, my friend Mark Walsh and Joey Hosey. Both those guys will be coming on. Maybe even get his brother James. Let me see. I'm going to give him a text right now. Give me one second. And Eric just pointed out the only time the Astros won was the 2017 they cheated. Valid point there. Some valid points for both those guys right there. Mike and Eric, both those guys giving some great takes there. And hopefully the Phillies win. He can come on and maybe talk about them. Anyways, with the Giants, one impressive thing for them. They are 6-1. Best start since 2008. They actually had the best record in the NFC that year in 2008. Before, obviously, they had the whole Plexiglas virus incident and just went downhill after that. But Daniel Jones, 9-3 in his last 12 starts. With an NFL lead, five-game winning drives, no other quarterback has more than three in the NFL right now. Daniel Jones is 7-1 in his last 11 starts, in his last eight starts, and 9-3 and in his last 12 starts. Heading into last game was 8-3 in his last 11, now 9-3 in his last 12. He had 202 passing yards and 107 rushing yards and two touchdowns and an 87.1 quarterback rating versus Jacksonville on Sunday. First Giants quarterback to have 200-plus passing yards and 100-plus rushing yards in a single game in franchise history. He's 6-1 on the year with six touchdowns and two interceptions with a 62.7 quarterback rating, which is actually sixth best in the NFL right now, a 90.8 passer rating overall. He's been sacked 20 times in seven games, was only sacked 22 times in 11 games last year. So even though the offensive line is getting better, he's still being hit every game, still being pressured. But his last four games, there's been progress. He's been pressured 17.6%, 18.8%, 21.9% 21.9% and 14.3% of dropbacks and snaps in his last four games. And if you look at what he's done over his last four games, very impressive. So with, with being pressured less, 663 passing yards. I know people are going to say it's not a lot. He's still very impressive with what he's doing with his wide receivers. They had five or six drops this past week. And you look at his, his adjusted completion percentages on the year, 81.1%. That means if you take into account his drops and take those away, or most of those egregious drops that should be caught, Daniel Jones has an 81% completion percentage. Very impressive. And I think one thing about Daniel Jones is that he's not given any credit. He's not given any credit for what he's been doing over the last four games. With being pressured over the last four games, being pressured less, 663 passing yards with three touchdowns, no interceptions, a 98.4 passer rating and 218 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns over his last four games. And look what he's been doing it against. He beat the last three NFL MVPs with Aaron Rodgers winning two straight years in 2020 and 2021, and Lamar Jackson who won in 2019. He beat over this stretch, and Lamar Jackson was 12 and 0 versus the NFC before losing to Daniel Jones and the Giants. And now he's 12 and one versus the NFC. So I'm very impressed with what Daniel Jones has been doing. Obviously, with what he's been doing at wide receiver, all his wide receivers are hurt. Kadarius Tony's hurt. Kenny Galladay's hurt. Sterling Shepard's hurt. Just got Wanda Robinson back healthy, which is great. But a lot of these pieces on this Giants team is, is, are injured. And what Daniel Jones is doing with this Giants team is very impressive. And honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does this week against the Seattle team. I think at the end of the day, obviously Seattle is favored in this game. I think the Giants can continue to win games that they are underdogs. They continue to be underdogs, and they continue to win big games. Six and one on the year. And I think one thing you can look at for Daniel Jones is, is his progression. Five game-winning drives in seven weeks. That's number one in the NFL. Four fourth-quarter comebacks. The Giants are number four in the ESPN Power Rangers. Daniel Jones is definitely a big part of that. Six wins on the year for Daniel Jones, number one most... It tied for most in the NFL, tied with Jalen Hurts of the Eagles. And if you look at it, Daniel Jones has cut down his turnovers. And that, that was the biggest flaw of his, that everyone was talking about always turnovers. Well, look at what he had as his offensive coordinator. He had three offensive or three head coaches and four offensive coordinators now. This is his third head coach in Brian Dable and his fourth offensive coordinator. He had Freddie Kitchens and, and Jason Garrett over the last couple of years and Joe Judge's head coach, no one's going to succeed, especially with a 30th ranked offensive line and all the injuries the Giants have had and the play calling being abysmal. No one is going to succeed in that giant system, especially with this giant system right now. Not many quarterbacks are going to be putting up positive numbers with no offensive line. The offensive line's getting better. We're still average, but with no weapons. Everyone's hurt. Besides Saquon Bakker, which I'm going to get into in a second, not taking away from Saquon. He's had a great year. But look at the Giants receivers. Look at their receivers. Richie James... Darius Slayton and David Sills are your three receivers over the past few weeks before Wanda Robinson came back. I mean, Daniel Jones is doing a lot with third and fourth string wide receivers and practice squad wide receivers. And David Sills, he's a practice squad wide receiver. And Daniel Jones looked great with him. And an interesting stat I saw from CBS that I want to share really quick is that Daniel Jones' interception per attempt percentage season by season has gone down gradually. As a rookie in 2019, 2.6%. In 2020, in the second year, 2.2%. In 2021, 1.9%. And in 2022, 1.1% of Daniel Jones's passes are, intercep- are, intercep- are intercepted per attempt. Which is actually second best in the NFL. Tied for second best is 1.1% as is interception per attempt percentage this season. And factor in, the Giants of being led by a quarterback at Daniel Jones where everyone quit on. Everyone quit on Daniel Jones. Everyone quit on Saquon Barkley, which I'm going to get into in a second. I'm going to talk about Dave Gettleman and how everyone criticized Dave Gettleman. I'm not saying he's a good general manager. Dave Gettleman was not a great general manager, but a lot of good things he did in hindsight weren't appreciated in the past. And I did appreciate Daniel Jones being picked at sixth overall in 2019, Saquon Barkley being picked at second in 2018. Both of those he hit on. And I've been saying now for the past year or two that you give me the sixth pick of 2019 or the second pick of 2018, I'm taking Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, both those picks, 100 out of 100 times. Dave Gettleman, which I know he's not listening to this, very low chance. He's ever going to hear this from me. But if I ever got the chance to meet him, I would say you drills both those draft picks. And what he filled at was surrounding those draft picks with what could help them succeed. And what he did help them with was get Andrew Thomas a prime left tackle with a fourth overall pick In 2020. Great draft pick there. But what he failed at was surrounding him with coaching. And maybe it wasn't Dave Gutham as a general manager. Maybe he did great. Because if you look at what he did over the years, I'm going to break down some of his draft picks. Saquon Barkley in 2018. Daniel Jones in 2019. Dexter Lawrence at the 17th overall pick in 2019. DeAndre Baker with the 30th overall pick, trading up a ton of picks to get him at 30th overall in the first round of 2019. Obviously great cornerback out of Georgia coming out of college. Things did not work out for him in the NFL, obviously, with off-the-field issues. But those picks right there, three out of four he hit on. Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, Dexon Lawrence. Three out of his first four first-round picks he hit on. And you're looking at who's best in the Giants right now. Those three guys are the best players on the Giants right now. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and Dexon Lawrence are the three best players on the Giants. And then I'm going to keep going. Andrew Thomas in 2020. Great draft pick. Once again... Probably the third or fourth best player on this Giants team. 2021. Trading down for the 11th overall pick so the Bears could take Justin Fields. Getting the 20th overall pick. Taking a very talented wide receiver in Canaris Toney. Has not been on the field much at all. Who knows what that problem is really right now. I mean, it's maybe just Canaris Tony doesn't want to play. I don't know. Very talented player, though. So I do like the draft pick. And you look at what he's done. Canaris Tony was on the field. Very shifty receiver. So I know what Dave Gediman was doing there. Obviously saw a playmaker and said, okay, let's help Daniel Jones and give him the playmaker he needs. And that's a great draft pick if he were to be on the field, but he hasn't been, obviously. But trading down from 11 to 20 and getting Kadarius Toney let the Giants take three really good players. We got the seventh overall pick of the 2022 NFL draft, grabbed Evan Neal out of Alabama, a prime right tackle, which I'm going to talk about in a second, which I'm going to talk about now while I'm here. Evan Neal, now going to be out the next few weeks with a knee injury. But from week four to week six, in 89 pass-blocking uh, pass snaps, he only allowed one, snack, one sack. One sack in 89 pass-blocking snaps from week four to week six. Evan Neal was just turning around his season. And that pick the Giants wouldn't have had if it wasn't for Dave Gettleman trading down. I don't know if Dave Gettleman would have taken him. I'm not saying Dave Gettleman did everything right as the Giants general manager. He didn't. He didn't do everything right. No general manager is going to go 100 for 100. And one thing my sister just pointed out, the Giants did draft Darius Slayton, who was our best player on offense besides Saquon Barkley this past week at Daniel Jones. Darius Slayton we drafted with Dave Gutterman. That was in 2019. And it was a late-round draft pick. Fifth or sixth round was Darius Slayton. He took Evan Neal, you know, turned that draft pick into Evan Neal. Obviously, I don't know if he would have taken him. Obviously, Joe Shane's a Giants general manager now. He ended up taking Evan Neal with the seventh overall pick. But I'm just breaking down what he's done. Trading down with that 11th overall pick... Allowed the Giants to take Canaris Tony at 20 and then grab Evan Dale at 7th overall. Take Daniel Ballinger with the 2022 NFL Draft and then I believe Aaron Robinson as well. I believe Aaron Robinson was in that trade as well. And if you look at it, that Giants deal really worked out for us. Really worked out for us. You got... The 2022 first-round pick from the Bears turned into Evan Neal. The 20th overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, that turned into Kadarius Tony. The 164th overall pick in the NFL draft in 2021, which I believe that turned into, that wouldn't have been Aaron Robbins. He was a third-round pick. That might have been, hmm, I'm not too sure what that draft pick was. Let me see. But a lot of good things came from Dave Gettleman's era. And a lot of things we have now were from Dave Gettleman. A ton of things that the Giants have right now we Dave Gettleman draft picks. And if you're looking at this team, for the most part, everything everything was Dave Gettleman, what we have. A lot of the things were Dave Gettleman draft picks. So at the end of the day, you're going to look at the Dave Gettleman era and see all the losses. Yes, the Giants were not a good football team with Dave Gettleman as their general manager. Yes, we weren't. We were not a good football team. But with a lot of those draft picks, these are only first-round picks. Look at you in the second round. Aziz Jalari, great draft pick in 2021. Xavier McKinney in the second round of 2020, an unreal draft pick. Tay Crowder, seventh round pick, Mr. Irrelevant draft pick. He was taken last pick of the NFL draft in 2020 and is one of the best tacklers on this Giants team. Has 37 combined tackles through the first seven games of the season. And over his career now in three years, 224 combined tackles with 105 assisted tackles and two sacks. Very productive. For a guy that was Mr. Irrelevant out of Georgia in the 7th round. And he had one of the best hits of the season, actually, against Derrick Henry. I've never seen Derrick Henry get hit as hard as he did in Week 1 by Tay Crowder. So a lot of things came from that Dave Gettleman era. You're going to look at some of the misses. There's a lot of misses. Don't get me wrong. Giving Nate Solar four years, $64 million, did not work out. And I think it was 462 62 and a half, I think it was. Let me see. I'm going to make sure. I always want to be right. He gave Nate Solar four years, $62 million which made him at the time the highest paid offensive lineman in the league, the highest paid tackle in NFL history. I believe in guaranteed money too—35 and 35 and 35 million guaranteed. It's a ton of money there. Obviously it didn't work out, but he took a shot. I respect that. You got to take a shot sometimes. Then obviously giving a guy like Kenny Galladay in 2021 in the free agency class, giving him out of the free agency class in 2021, Galladay was, I guess seen as the best receiver. I did not want him, but he was seen as the best receiver for years, 72 million. That did not work out. DeAndre Baker, 30th overall in the 2019 NFL draft, trading up for him, did not work out. But there was a lot of things that worked out. Kadarius Tony, trading down so you can get Evan Neal, 7th overall. Getting in that trade, getting a draft pick that you end up drafting, maybe a future franchise tight end who just got hurt with their eye injury this past weekend, Daniel Bellinger. And here's the thing. Drafting Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley were his two most criticized moves. And if you look at what the Giants have been doing over the past seven games now of this season, all seven games this season, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are the two biggest reasons, besides Brian Dable, coaching is very important. Brian Dable, the Giants head coach. Obviously, Mike Kafka, the Giants offensive coordinator, came over as a quarterback's coach from Kansas City. Brian Dable, offensive coordinator for the Bills with Josh Allen for four years. But Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones are the two best players on this Giants team. Obviously, Andrew Thomas, very underrated offensive lineman. Mark Walsh said he's the most underrated offensive lineman in the NFL. I agree with that. But so many things came out of that Dave Gettleman era that I never thought were legitimate things that I'd say, okay, in the future, we're going to look back and say, oh, these were great things. Because I did a Jones Saquon Barkley and Xavier McKinney and Andrew Thomas. You wouldn't look back and say, when we drafted Tay Carlos seventh in the seventh round, oh, that was a great draft pick. I wanted Andrew Thomas in that draft. I loved... That Saquon Barkley picked Daniel Jones, I was against it actually at first. For the first few days after he drafted Daniel Jones, I was not with it because I wanted Dwayne Haskins. But after the first couple of days, I realized I'm not going to root against Daniel Jones. He's my quarterback now. And my fandom for Daniel Jones has gotten stronger and stronger over the last couple of years. And I think it's because everyone's criticizing him. And I see a franchise quarterback in Daniel Jones. I had him as my 12th ranked quarterback coming into the season in my prediction with Mike Hurley. And right now, Daniel Jones, you could say, is the seventh or eighth best quarterback in the NFL, and the lowest you could put him is 10th, and if you put him any lower than 10, you're hating, especially considering a lot of the guys I had in the top 10, Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson was my 13th ranked quarterback. That's five guys right there that I had in my top 10, which Aaron Rodgers, definitely out of the top 10. Besides all those guys I named, Tom Brady's probably the only guy you could still have in your top 10. Daniel Jones is definitely a top eight quarterback in the NFL this year, 100%. And considering, maybe it was coaching that this Giants team was missing. And I think that's what we were missing. Maybe Gettleman's problem was coaching. Getting a guy like Pat Shermer, great offensive-minded coach. Obviously, Daniel Jones had a great rookie year. 24 touchdowns and 12 picks in 12 games. Had the same amount of touchdowns that year as Brady. And Brady played 16 games, four more games. Brady played with a better coach in in Bill Belichick. And a better system with Josh McDaniels in 2019. But... Maybe it was coaching. And then you get a guy like Joe Judge and give him a couple years, a special teams coordinator for the Pages and wide receivers coach. Maybe the problem with Gettleman was coaching. Obviously, he swung and missed with a couple th- with a ton of things. Yes, that's going to happen. You're going to swing and miss as the GM. Look at Dave Dombrowski. He swung and miss enough where he's, you know, had five jobs now. Or this is his fourth job. And now he's bringing his fourth team to the World Series with the Phillies. And one thing I didn't mention that I should have mentioned, I haven't mentioned. Dave Gettleman traded for Leonard Williams in 2019. During that trade deadline, traded for Landon Williams and gave up third and fifth round pick. And the Giants end up signing him. It was a third round pick in 2020 and a conditional fourth round pick in 2021. Then we end up keeping him on a franchise tag and then end up paying him in this last off season with Dave It is Dave Gettleman's last off season, so a year and a half ago now. That was great. Lennon Williams, once again, one of the best players on this Giants team. You also make a move. You get James Bradbury, which his cap situation was a big issue. Dave Gunn was, was brutal at trying to keep everyone under the cap. And that's why we have huge cap issues. You have a guy like Kenny Gallaty making $21 million this year, next year, into 2024. Because you could not keep all these guys under that cap. But you signed a guy like Blake Martinez for a 3 $30 million deal. Wasn't a bad move considering Blake Martinez was the best tackle on that Giants team for a year. You signed a guy like James Bradbury to a big deal. And let me see what James Bradbury's contract was with the Giants, because I want to make sure I get that right. I never want to get anything wrong there. But James Bradbury you signed. And obviously James Bradbury didn't work out. He ended up having to leave the Giants because they didn't have enough money. But you signed James Bradbury to a huge contract. And he made $16 million to $14 in his two seasons with the Giants. You signed him to a big deal. Made $32 million in two years with the Giants. Technically three years because this year he's still getting paid by the Giants even though we had to cut him because it was a buyout. But one guy I did not mention was Adoree Jackson. Signed a three-year, $39 million deal with the Giants in 2021 with Dave Gettleman and that 2021 offseason last one with the Giants. And Adoree Jackson has been a lockdown corner. A lockdown cornerback. Has given up 241 yards this season and a 52% completion rate. Through seven games. He has been elite. And according to Pro Football Focus, he's been a top cornerback and outside cornerback in the NFL. Top outside cornerback, ranked cornerback in the NFL over the past two years. Two to three years. And I think they had him at 12th each of the last couple years. So that's the cornerback one in the NFL considering there's 32 teams in the NFL. Being ranked 12th is very impressive. So that's another thing, which I'm going to run over them one more time just so you hear them again. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Tay Crowder, Darius Slayton, Andrew Thomas, Kata Coughlin, special team, a great pick though. Trading down, getting Kadarius Tony. Obviously, that works out, and you get Evan Neal. You get Daniel Bellinger in that trade. Dexter Lawrence, 17th overall pick. You wouldn't have had that 17th overall pick if you didn't trade Odell Beckham Jr., which I'm not saying I wanted to trade Odell. I didn't. I still want Odell in the Giants now as we speak. But if you look at it at the end of the day, neither team really won that deal. But if you look at it right now, the Giants have Dexon Lawrence, one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL right now. Four sacks on the year. And he's having a great year already. That trade didn't work out for either team. Dan Jones, uh, Dan, Dan Jones could have used Odell Beckham Jr. Still could use him. But that trade didn't work out for the Browns. They ended up cutting Odell Beckham Jr. But if you look at Odell, what he's done since, obviously won a Super Bowl with the Rams, then ended up tearing his ACL. Had a ton of injuries since he left the Giants, which he had injuries when he was with the Giants. That ghetto and trade wasn't the worst thing at the end of the day, even though I still want Odell as a giant. In the grand scheme of things, you still got Dexter Lawrence out of it. And you got O'Shane Zimenez, a third-round pick who's having another great year. Another guy's having a great year, career year, under this system. Which I'm going to look up O'Shane Zimenez's stats because I want to make sure I get that right. But there's so many guys that have a career years under this coaching staff. O'Shane Zimenez, nine solo tags, a forced final with two sacks in the first six games. He did not have a sack in the last two years. 14 games in the last two years, did not have a sack. Didn't even have a forced fumble over the last two years. And has a forced fumble already, the first of his career, in two sacks. So maybe it was just coaching. Maybe coaching was an issue with Dave Gettleman, where he could just not pick the right coach. Because if you're looking at it, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Tay Crowder, Andrew Thomas, Xavier McKinney, Adoree Jackson, Leonard Williams, O'Shane Zimenez are all having career years. Darius Slayton, another great draft pick. All of these guys are contributing to this Giants team that we have right now. And I'm not giving... I'm not taking away credit from Joe Shane, the Giants GM, right now. He's done great with what he's had. Drafting Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau. Great draft picks there. Drafting a guy like Wanda Roberts in the second round of Kentucky. Great draft pick there. Drafting Dane of Iowa. Great draft pick. But if you look at a lot of this team is Dave Gettleman picks. Dave Gettleman did great with what he had. Adoree Jackson, once again, having a career year. So I'm going to stop talking about the Giants really quick. I know I've been going off about them now for the last 10 minutes now, 15, 20 minutes probably. But I just got into it because if you look at it, a lot of these guys that we have, our best players, are Dave Gettleman guys. Saquon Barkley's been electric this season. Second in the NFL in rushing yards with 726 rushing yards in the air. Jones and Barkley each had 100 rushing yards on Sunday. 217 combined yards between the two of them. First Giants teammates to go over 100 rushing yards each in a game since 2010. Saquon Barkley, 906 rushing yards from scrimmage this year, with nearly 100 more than any player in the NFL. Nick Chubb is 807, so 99 yards more. Saquon has the Nick Chubb. But anyways, maybe it was just coaching that was the issue with Dave Gettleman. Because there's a lot of things that you look at there, which I've been messing around with Mike Hurley, the sports guru, for years now, saying Dave Gettleman was ghetto god. Maybe at the end of the day, Dave Gettleman did a lot of good things, and maybe coaching was a big issue. Obviously, DeAndre Baker did not work out in the first round, trading up, getting him at 30th overall. Obviously, Nate Soles giving him the highest contract for a tackle in NFL history did not work out. Obviously, giving Kenny Galladay for years, 72000000 million didn't work out. But there's 10 other things that I just named that he was criticized for heavily. ESPN, Fox Sports, Colin Coward, Ryan Clark, Dan Olofsky, Stephen A. Smith, so many guys get on ESPN and Fox Sports still. Lasky yesterday still not giving credit to Daniel Jones. they gone on ESPN for years not giving credit to Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. And at the same time, taking jabs at Dave Gettleman, which rightfully so. He was not the best GM. But when you're saying Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley wasted picks at second and sixth overall, you're taking a jab at Dave Gettleman. And no one's giving credit right now to Dave Gettleman for a lot of this team that he put together. They are Dave Gettleman pieces. So... Lo and behold, there's my Giants talk. Just went off for 20 minutes. Didn't mean to at the end of the day. But now I'm going to have, which I'm going to cut some of the things I was going to talk about. Maybe I do my NBA predictions uh, in a podcast episode. Maybe I'll talk about uh, some other things like the NFC East, which maybe we'll talk about really quick. NFC East, weakest division in the NFL for the last few years. They're 16-3 between the four teams. The Giants, Commanders, Eagles, Cowboys. Combined 16-3 outside the division this year. The NFC East is a combined 20 and 7 on the year. And the top three teams, the Giants, Eagles, and Cowboys, are a combined 17 and 3. Ours, the Eagles, 6 and 0. Very impressive year for them. Uh, my buddy E is listening. I the Eagles actually first in the division uh, in my predictions. So very impressive for that Eagles team. I had them winning the division this year. And one other thing I had the Giants, I think, at 9 10 and 7, my predictions, or that might have been my sailing 10 and 7. I the Jets. At 9-8, my predictions, actually ahead of the pages. I think I had the Jets at 9-8 and, and the Pages at 8-9. We're just playing out right now. The Pages are actually fourth in the AFC East. The Jets right now are 5-2 in the year. The Giants and Jets had the worst combined records in the NFL from 2017 to 2021. Now a combined 11-3 on the year. Giants, Jets, and Bills, maybe it's the year of New York sports. The Giants, Jets, and Bills, 16-4 in New York sports in the NFL because I know some other teams didn't work off the Yankees, obviously, in the Mets. But the combined... Football teams in the NFL for the New York teams, 16-4 Giants, Jets, and Bills. The Giants and Jets had a combined eight wins last year overall. They already have 11 wins through the first seven weeks. Anyways, now I'm going to move on. I'm going to get my friends now on. Uh, hopefully, they come on talk about Bailey Zappi, Mac Jones. Uh, we'll see what their opinions are on that. Uh, now, give me a second here just to get them on. Uh, and Hopefully, you guys enjoy it. Uh, this will be my call-in uh, part of the episode. Give me one second, and I'll be just right with you guys. Here we are. We got the sports legend, Mark Walsh, coming in, now into the studio here, calling in to talk some sports. We also got Joey Hosey, college baseball player, pitcher for St. Michael's College. He came on to my radio show last year, The Playbook with Joey and Zach, talked about the baseball season. He'll be back on, obviously, to preview this season as well. I'm not sure what my nickname was for you. I know Mark Walsh. You got the legend, Mark Walsh. You got the sports guru, Mike Hurley. Uh, we got the sports encyclopedia. My uncle. We got my dad. The uh I forget what he is a sports aficionado. I don't. I feel my nickname was for you, Joe Ho. I don't know. I forget.
1: we'll, we'll have to go back and
0: look. But hey, anyways, I'll i think of it. And I'll put it in the description. How you How are you boys doing? Though, thank you guys for coming on.
1: Good. How about you? Yeah,
0: doing great. Doing well. Even better now having you guys come in. Uh, nice. Definitely psyched to talk some sports. Which is the thing. I didn't talk any Patriots. I want to save this for you guys. I want to save the Patriots talk for you guys. Obviously, tough game last night. But but one thing going into this week, that's a big question is. Bailey Zappi versus Mac Jones. Obviously, they lost last night. Both guys, I mean, Zappy came in, performed well right away, but didn't really work out in the grand scheme of the game. Yeah, what are you no, guys' no. opinions on Mac Jones versus Bailey Zappi going into next week?
1: No, I, I want to say this. I want to say, you know, I love Mac. You know, Mac, Mac's a great quarterback. Um, you know, I, he, I haven't got the results I want from him yet, but I think he does have the potential to maybe turn around. But I do want to say, Zappi comes in. He just he, you could tell he just got the dog in him. He's ready to go. Like when he comes in the game, he's ready to go. And I know it faded a little bit at the end of last game, but I'm just saying, he comes in the game, he's ready to go. He marches down the field twice. He's flinging the thing all over the place like he's like he's been throwing the ball for fifty years. Like like I don't wanna say it yet, but just like he's somebody else that used to play for New England. And and I just wanna say that's great. Like, you know, we that that We back?
0: Yes, i right back. That's my fault. It's my computer. If I tap like the side of this, i like glitch, and the thing just goes off. So keep going. So you said Zappy was slinging the ball around, looking good. Obviously, things are looking up.
1: Go ahead. Exactly, that, and that's what I'm saying. And, and I think that honestly, Bill Belichick is used to having a quarterback that can make those throws. That can that can make a throw without putting the ball in harm's way. And I think that honestly, Zappy's done that a little bit better than Mac Jones in in this season, at least. I mean. But, I mean, Mac Jones obviously has shown flashes, so the way I see it is I, I think you got like you put both of them out there, see what each of them keep doing, and kind of ride it out like that, and just whoever wants to play and whoever wants to win is going to be our quarterback.
0: I like that. Mark, what do you think, kid? i tell your opinion. Um, I don't mind that.
2: I came on last week, and I remember I talked to you, and I said when, when asked whether or not the Patriots had a quarterback controversy before Monday night, I think the, the best way to describe it was almost. And I think what happened last night was now there is actually a quarterback controversy. You put both guys in the game. Uh, it looked like for a second Zappy was going to bring us back from the dead against Chicago, and it didn't happen. I think that was honestly the worst-case scenario for the Patriots. Not only did you get blown out against a team who was an absolute embarrassment coming into that game, but they had 10 days to prepare against you between – Monday night football, or Thursday night football the week before to Monday night last night. And they used all 10 days and they were prepared for everything that the Patriots threw at them except for the first two drives in Zappi. Yeah. Oh, if it's Mac Jones and it's just like a sophomore slump, or if the play calling is just feels that much better when Bailey Zappy's on the field, uh, just when they have been able to move the ball, like the last two and, you know, two drives of Bailey Zappi football in New England. Um, because after that Jacoby Myers fumble, I just feel like, you know, the, the team is deflated. But if the Patriots are, are, you know, looking to turn the season around from this point, which, you know, you're on the bottom of the division, basically. Three and four, just, but
0: I mean, it's not over yet. season's not over.
2: It's not, it's not completely over yet. I mean, I don't want to write them off entirely. I know I came on the show before and said, you know, they'll beat the bad teams, and it looks like they make a turnaround. But if you lose to a team like Chicago like they did, it doesn't feel good. I want to see Bailey's happy get the football. Off rips next week. Do I think it happens? Uh, I have no idea. Belichick has made sure to seem. I want to leave
1: everything up to mystery, but we'll see.
0: I, I gotta surprise see. you guys a second too. Keep going, Joe.
1: I want to say this. I want to just say, look, when Zappy's in the game, the ball's moving. And and also, I'm gonna say is I I haven't really seen how Mac Jones can do that. And I just want to say, and as a Boston fan, this kind of hurt because Mac Jones, we have him. He's, he's been our guy, you know, we've been trying to make it, so he's our guy. And, I mean, he gets three drives and everybody in the stands is, si- is just screaming Zappy. we need Zappy. Okay? Yeah,
0: that kills his confidence. That I mean, kills his confidence, now you lose him.
1: As a New England fan, that hurts, but I'm just saying, until Zappy proves not to be that guy, let him ride.
0: Here's the thing, here's how I feel about it with Zappy. which I like Zappy. Nothing against him, I'm rooting for him, I always root for an underdog. I think Mac Jones... Started going into the season. I think Zappi, before this week, fell into two really good situations against two bad defenses in Detroit and Cleveland. They never trailed in any game. He never really had to have any pressure on them. They went in with lower expectations of the third-string quarterback, especially being drafted a small college. You don't really have the higher ex- highest expectations being a you know, fourth-round pick or whatever he was, third or fourth round. I think it was fourth round. But when you're a fourth-round pick, there's not really the highest expectations for you as a third-string quarterback when you step in. So the playbook is a little bit easier on them. I think things were a little bit easier on him than they were on Mac. I think they expected more of Mac going into this season, so I think it was really, really a lot hotter on Mac, pressure-wise. And I think one thing you look at, Zappy did start the game hot yesterday, like you said. I think he was five or six or 106 yards and touchdowns in his first drive or two, second drive, third, uh, third, fourth drive. After that, obviously finished the game 14-22, 185 yards, a touchdown, two picks. Mac three or six, 13 yards, no touchdowns and a pick. One thing though that I think that the Patriots had a problem with that and that I think kind of. Put themselves in a tough predicament is when you bench Mac Jones, whether that was the plan or not, you lose his confidence, and now even Bailey Zappi, you might lose both their confidence just with Bailey Zappi not knowing if he's going to be the starter quarterback. Now, I don't think you could do a half and half thing; you got to have both feet on the same side at the same time. I think you might lose both guys' confidence. Definitely Mac. I think Mac's head's now going to be out of it. I truly do, and I, I wish nothing but be the best. one. I like Mac, um, but one more thing. Once, one before I uh, add anything, I do have a surprise for both of you guys. James Hosey will be joining the call. I'm batting Uh, him right now. Um, I wanted to tell you guys. I told him I'd text him a second, but I uh, didn't want to interrupt you guys talking, so I said to him I'll let him I'll get him in. Uh, Here we are, Boston legend, James Hosey on the call. How are we doing, James? (coughs) Joey. My boy, how are we doing?
3: Joey coming coming at you live from Boston Garden.
0: You beast, (laughs) I love it. Look at you. He's working. T
3: D Garden, baby.
0: There you go. I love it. You you're live on the job. Hey, we're talking Mac Jones as Bailey Zappy. Any opinion on either one?
3: Bailey Zappy.
1: Yeah, hey, hey, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm on this podcast right now. I'm talking. I've been I I already gave my spew or whatever about it, but I just got a text from the legend.
0: Mike Hurley saying Zappy got the dog in him, and he does. He does. <laughs> I, I, I think he does. Bailey Zappy does. Hey, you know you know you know who also has the dog in him? James Hosey, former Boston <laughs> Latin. Unreal goalie. He's legend goalie. Legend goalie.
2: <laughs> Mark, you watching the Bruins? I am. Yes. Bruins up one zero after one. Just to shoot that in real quick. Pasaak with an absolute snipe. Absolute uh,
3: bullet of a snap of a slap shot.
2: Yeah, it was eighty four miles an hour. Top corner goalie had no chance. So just unreal. <laughs> yeah. James Hosey at the game, absolute beast. James Hosey,
0: on the job. He's giving us opinions here, sports. I love it. Uh, we appreciate it. Anything you want to add in, James, about any sport? We can talk anything. We talk Red Sox, Celtics, anything you want.
3: Sure. I just want to add in that Joey went against my um, advice and put San Francisco's D in for fantasy this week. Joey, what minus are you doing? Four. Going up against the Chiefs. I asked him, what are we doing? He goes, trust me, trust me. Joey, minus four.
0: Minus right. four. He didn't stop Daniel Jones. I said stop Daniel Jones. I told you guys. Saturday stop
1: DJ. On my, on my defense, I want to say we won the week. We won minute. the week by
3: like 0. .5. You want
1: to know why we won the week is because Damian Harris is not, yeah, he, is not he, Damian he, Harris anymore. I'll just put it that way. He
3: blew it.
1: And, and second off, I will say that I, I just have confidence. I have. My our team is so strong in fantasy that I couldn't drop anyone. To
0: you guys are a stable. Game. You guys are a really good team. I don't. I think it might be James doing the draft. I don't know if it's Joey.
3: I think it was James.
0: Yeah. <laughs> James knows his sports, right, James?
3: Uh, I Joey. I know my sports: baseball, soccer, hockey, football.
0: You know oh, I got a good question, to you though, James. Hey, you obviously did some Red Sox games. You worked some Red Sox games in the dugout. I hope. I know you're hoping. Probably we sign Devis and Bogarts. Do you think both guys come back long term? Yes or no?
3: No. Okay. The because the, the Sox have a history of letting good people go.
0: Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts. Mookie
3: Betts. How uh, about Vasquez? Vasquez is in the World Series right now. You're right. It's a good point. Stots, I didn't mention Stots, Vasquez in the World Series. Good point. Yes. Starts to the years with Red Sox on the Red Sox, and I don't know. We 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 have a history of doing that, don't we? I think. Devers, I don't think I, I think Bogart's Bo, Bogart's leaves.
2: I think there's no chance he comes back. I'd be shocked. I mean, I what think, did we
3: uh, give up? What did we give up? Uh,
2: what did we get for Schwarber trading Schwalbe? Nothing. We, just, we traded. Ball.
0: We tried a random prospect to get him, and then he left in free agency. Just walked. We just let yeah,
2: him walk. He's in the world. Almost yeah, in the MLB.
0: Yep. The most in the NL. Yeah. Number number two in the uh, major leagues. But
3: yeah. Uh, and then and then he hits the and then he hits the farthest hit ball at Petco Park. <laughs> yeah, <He did. laughs> we traded him for a bag of Cracker Jack.
0: <laughs> I know. And then you get you don't, you don't sign him. You don't keep him Nobody even
1: eats a Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know. We could have got something for him. If, if that was the plan to let him go, we could have got something for him. But I do want to say, too, they wouldn't have got Trevor Story if they
3: had planning on DeAndre um, yeah. so- Bogarts, the, so- in my opinion. The Sox was saving money so they could give up Bob. Of <laughs> 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 <Before the game. laughs>
0: well, hey, Aaron Judge, percent chance he becomes a Red Sox. It's a good question. Dude. Low. Uh, Very low. Gonna you're not going to pay Jeff, uh, you're not going to pay Judge. But what do you guys think?
1: I'm going to say there's probably like a 30, 70% chance
3: that he doesn't.
0: I'll say 10%. All right. I'm with it. James, percent chance he's I, I was going
3: to go 30% chance he, he comes to the soft. Okay. That's
0: actually not bad. Mark?
3: I'll go, I'll go soft 20%.
0: Okay. Middle. I, I, I like 30. I mean, it's not bad. We have the money to spend, especially considering we have a lot of guys that are free agents. This year, Avaldi will be leaving. Walker will be, you know, probably opting out. Um, I mean, no, I'm
1: just actually. I'm just gonna say, I think the Red Sox need to be looking at arms. We need pitching. Yep. Uh, you're good not good gonna job. go anywhere in the MLB if you don't have three guys you can consistently put out there, and maybe that that fourth, like that fourth or fifth guy coming out of the bullpen in the rotation, that you like maybe have a good start, but you need three solid guys you can have somewhat confidence putting them out on the bump.
0: I have a stud Do right you. now, free of charge. That already works at the Red Sox games in the dugout. James Hosey, bring him out of the bullpen.
3: Bring him out of the so, bullpen. So Joey's, Joey, I was just going to say that I have worked in the dugout, and I actually heard that they were talking about this um, right-handed pitcher's uh, sidearm out of Burlington, Vermont, right now, it's Ryan Hosey. Ryan Hosey, baby. Get
1: him on the I'm call. Thinking. Where is he?
3: We maybe would have at least not been last place if Ryan was pitching for the Sox.
1: Yeah. But You're
3: not I do wrong. You're not you wrong. You're wrong. Tommy I mean, he's, be- he's back and better than
1: ever. I mean, I'm just saying. I think you could have went anywhere in Boston and found somebody working in an office that could have pitched better than they pitched this year. All right, Jacob Curley, yeah, go <laughs> go to, to Staples. I mean, it would have been a it would have been a, a speed difference at least.
0: Jacob Curley, hey, I, I got a good question for you guys though. Um, and this is now switching back to football. Tom Brady, Bucs, lose to the Panthers this weekend. Is the Brady era in the NFL coming to an end?
1: Absolutely, and I'm so happy to see it, Joey. I okay. just want to say I'm very disappointed for him. He gave up his wife, his kids, his family, his dignity, his his legacy is you know coming coming up on him. Like you know, it's not it's not even a touched yet, but I'm just saying it could be. And I'm just saying he's he's just disappointing to see. That's me. what
3: you get when you don't shake someone's hand because you get a donut and one of napkins in the other. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, you know he did that to our dad. S- Seriously. Yeah, he was living the- in Marina Bay, used to go to the in, in on uh, Gallivan Boulevard, and my dad went to shake his hand. He said his hands were full.
0: That's actually tough. I never knew that. You know, <laughs> I never liked Brady anyways. Now I like him even less. It's great.
3: Yeah, but Joe, you've got to respect his talent.
0: No, I do respect the talent. I think over the last couple of years I respected him more. Uh Machino's, I drafted in Fantasy last year, so that was a start. Um, yes,
3: sir. But- Wait, can I throw a quick topic
1: out that me and Jake Throw everything
0: or- out. Throw- Absolutely. It's free, free open. Go ahead.
1: I want to hear you guys' opinion. Me and James are going back and forth, texting about this, calling about this for days. And me and James rarely talk sports. But Let's he and James thought it was bullshit that Chara retired a Bruin. And that he. And I said I, I had every right to believe that Chara should be a Bruin retiring. Well, and I think
0: we, he should retire a Bruin. I think he was good that he retired 100%. a Bruin. You should always retire a Bruin if your legacy... Was with the Bruins. That was his best leg
1: yep.
2: in the entire all the teams I'll, he played for. I'll, I'll fire so up three quick things, three quick takes right I'll, now. Yeah, go, you go. go. One, Char's best is his prime, his only Stanley Cup. He wore the C in Boston, lifted the cup, the highest it's ever been held Boston in two thousand eleven, and he won the Norris Trophy in Boston. He was he was you know a huge part of our franchise for so many years. I think it's a no brainer that he retired his number here. They'll try his number eventually, but he retired a Bruin. Uh, Second thing, really sad to see Brady fall off a cliff. Max Kellerman said it was going to happen about eight years ago now, and it looks like it's finally here. The only thing that I will say there, I think he might not fall off a cliff yet, even though they lost to an absolute dumpster fire of a team, is they have the weapons there to make it happen still. They still have those guys, Godwin, Evans, Fournette, the guys they won the Super Bowl with years ago, they're all still good. And Judge, the only reason I think he might sign with the Red Sox is because even though John Henry's proven that he doesn't want to spend money on stars, is that Judge's box office. There's no other way to put it. Judge is. though the Red Sox already do it anyway, Judge puts seats in the stands.
0: I agree with that. I think I think it will be tough, obviously, to get Judge in Boston. I think it's a 10% chance. If you're not going to pay Devin and Bogot. probably not going to pay Judge. Um, another thing, if you look at it with Aaron Judge, I think he's going to end up being the three teams, my, my possible teams out there, Yankees going back to... San Francisco Giants, Los Angeles Dodgers, Mets at four. I think the Red Sox might be fifth. I
1: think you gotta really beat those four
0: teams there.
3: Um, if if he goes to the Dodgers,
1: I'm not a baseball hey, fan. Mookie yeah, Betts, supposedly, right. they
0: said today in an article, Chris Cotillo of MassLive.com wrote an article, my buddy, beat writer from the Red Sox, wrote an article today that the Dodgers are talking about putting Mookie Betts at second to make a run at Aaron Judge play right field.
2: Which is nuts. Worked. It would work. It
3: would Which is nuts. And then,
0: I don't know. I mean, James, what do you want to say? You get in.
3: Do you think you let Devis and Bogots go so that
0: they can pay, Judge? I don't think you can. I think, his, I think Bogots might be gone anyways. I think Bogots is gone anyways. I think the thing with uh, Devis, though, I think Devis you keep. I think Bogots is gone. Maybe that money you save, you do end up getting Aaron Judge with. Who knows? But uh, obviously we'll see. We do have our other friend in the call, one of our boys, Pauly G, in the cut here. So we got all the boys in here, which is unreal. Uh, the whole squad. Pauly G. Big hockey fail. Let's get his opinion on Zidane O'Chara retiring the Bruins. PJ, should he retire to Bruins? Yes or no? Me, Mark, Joe will agree. He should have. James you does not. Who is doing? What you, what's going on there? It has the static in the phone. Yeah, Sounds
2: like so. somebody's underwater. It does. Oh, just that. Is it pur?
1: Paul,
0: Pauly, take the airpods out.
1: Polly, oh, you're in the wind tunnel. Right, the bet, air bet. Pods are I on. Think, now
0: you can hear them. Yeah, I think,
1: for I I think Polly was driving on the Zakim Bridge <laughs> trying to come into
0: the call. It's so like PG was laying in the ocean, dude. You couldn't hear him. I,
4: I, I joined the call because I heard someone said that Zidano shouldn't have retired to Bruin and I wanted to come and slap There him. we go. This is Boston <laughs>
0: Sports, baby. Boston Sports Radio. PG, what's your opinion on it?
4: I think he should have retired a Bruin 100%. I mean, he broke his jaw for the fucking team. you know. Oh, excuse me. Excuse you're good. Don't me. worry. You're good. He, he put Max
1: Pacioretty on a fucking stretcher so he could retire a Bruin. 100%. Hey, he won a cup in 2011.
0: He won a cup in 2011. Mark did point that out. The only cup the Bruins had in the whole game. Hey, Joe, J-May. Yeah.
3: You think Golden State is in trouble next year?
0: No. I think Golden State's two, three more years down the line still going to be dominating. They still have Steph Curry under contract some years. I think if you look at it, they won last year without Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, and James Wiseman even playing. That's three rookie, second-year guys now, second- and third-year guys, that didn't play at all last year in the finals. I think that team's set up to win for three, four, five years to come,
1: truly. And they just just signed Jordan Poole. I mean, the kid's unreal.
0: They're they're, they're set up to win for three to four years to come. I do agree, though, with you. Maybe they do lose a couple pieces, though. Uh, Draymond Green maybe after this year. Klay Thompson, maybe they move in a year or two. Who knows? Steph Curry will be there for years. I think Steph Curry stays a a Warriors whole career, but we'll see. What do you think? James?
3: I don't know how they're paying for it all.
0: It's it's all about just putting money out, and not caring to go over the luxury tax. Look at the Clippers right now; they're well over. But if you want to have Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, all these guys on the same roster, John Wall, you got to spend and, and put money out. That's what the Red Sox didn't do. What's your opinion of the Celtics this year, James? Obviously, you're a big Celtics guy too.
3: What do you Celtics think of the to the
0: game? balls. Celtics to the balls, baby. Do you think they make it back to the finals?
1: Of course.
0: Really? You think they beat the Bucks? I don't I think the Bucs are a team to worry about.
1: What do, what do you guys think about Jason Tatum possibly having an MVP season?
0: See, here's my predictions. I was gonna give predictions for the NBA season. I was gonna name three guys, one I thought was gonna win M V P, one I thought was gonna be a runner up, and then a couple of dark horses. Jason Tatum was none of the four. But I think he has a really good year. I think he's gonna be his s first second team all NBA. Which he was last so year.
3: So you you don't think they're gonna beat the Bucs?
0: I think the Bucks beat the Celts in seven, I think is or not even. I think the I think it's Bucks, Cavs are actually my West, Eastern Conference Finals. I think the Celtics lose before that. Actually, I do. That's are you
3: serious?
0: honest opinion. I get on it. Mark knows. I give opinions that sometimes are against my teams. I mean, I can want to give my honest opinion. I do think the Bucks are a better team. I think the Cavs team, very young team, very deep, and, and have a lot of star talent. I think they were to be. I think they would be the Celtics as well. Um, just my opinion. But what do you think, though, James? You think the Celtics be the Bucks? I don't know. I, I, I
3: yeah, I do. I absolutely do.
0: I think Chris Middleton would have made a big difference last year.
3: I don't know. I agree. but I
0: mean, at the end of the day, you don't know. Obviously, that's tough. I know, Ma- I know Mark's a big Celts guy. Joey, too. What are you guys' opinions on the Celts? Do they make it back to the finals this year? Do they make the Eastern Conference Finals? What do you guys think? James? I, I want Eastern Robert Kobe.
3: Williams to come back.
0: That's the yeah. X factor right there. Great point. <laughs>
3: That is. I mean? What's he up oh, for two? What did they say? A couple, a couple months? months or something?
0: January-ish, right? Somewhere around january But how, how do
3: you say a couple months? It's crazy.
0: I know. He's had a lot of injuries over his career, already. young career. He's been hurt a ton. But you know. What are you guys' opinions? I'll ask all four of you. Celtics, where do you guys think they end? Eastern Conference quarterfinals, semifinals, Eastern Conference finals, NBA finals. What do you guys, what do you four think? We'll start with Mark. Where do you think the Celtics end?
2: I think... I think the Celtics can go back to the finals. I think the Bucks have a down year. I'm I'm big on them. I respect Stibble. that. Um, you know, Chris Middleton. I do agree. He would have made a big difference last year. The only thing I think that the Celtics' problem is is that um, you know you, you lose Ime who who coached them and got them to the finals and. And I think Missoula is still unproven. I don't know how much of a hold he has in this team, and you know how the NBA is. Uh, but I do think the Celtics are the team to beat in the East right now. Sure. They definitely can, but I, I take them to go to the finals.
0: I don't, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying I, I don't like the Celtics. I like the Celtics. I still think they can make a run. I just think the Bucs team better, and I think the Cavs are just a rising team. That's why I had them in there. you got to mix it up with your predictions, too. I had the Red Sox in the World Series, and that didn't get us anywhere. So can't, have it. <laughs> can't always have it you know, our way. Um, Joho, you're next, kid. Where do you think the Celtics go?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think that this comes down to Malcolm Brogdon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think point. I think that our team is obviously good. I think we're obviously able to make a run. I mean, we lost the coach, but even this coach has come in. He's been good. I like how he's running the offense. Everything looks all right. And I think that it comes down to how good Malcolm Brogdon wants to play and how good he can play. And, and the East is tough. I think, uh, you know, obviously teams, teams like the Cavs getting Donovan Mitchell, all that, I think that all puts a factor in it. But he
0: six his bucks, yeah, this is talent, yeah. right?
1: But I I do think that, you know, if Malcolm Brogdon can can give us 15, 16 a night and come out there and just play good and be that that one more scorer that we need, I think that absolutely we can make a good deep run.
0: I, I like that. I like what James said about Robert Williams. I think Jay, I think Robert Williams, besides Jalen Brown, is my favorite Celtics player. Maybe he's even first, honestly. Might be, might be more of my favorite than Jalen. I would agree with James. Maybe it relies on an X-Factor like Robert Williams. James, where do you see them going? Where do you see them going to the finals? Do they win? Yeah,
3: at least the Eastern Conference Finals. Eastern Conference? Okay, I got you. I respect that. I but uh, I think they could be in the NBA finals again. But it, like, it's going to be hard, just like last year. It's not just going to be. It, 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 it would go all the way to Game Seven.
0: You're right. You're right. really close on.
3: games. Uh, and Joey is not coming into my house next time because every time Joey sat in the <laughs> house, they went down <laughs> by ten. And then when Joey when, when Joey would leave, they'd have like a fifteen point run every single time. Come Out on, Joey would come in.
1: Yeah, and Joey would
3: recover. come back and I'd say get out of the
1: house. I mean, hey, what's that movie where the the own coach of the 76ers can't watch the games because they lose? I, I don't know what the movie is, but or yeah, even sure. like, or even or even in Moneyball when when he can't watch the A's, it's like that. Right. All right, they're my they're, they're my pit. team. Maybe I can't watch, but I'm telling hey, you,
0: hey baby, hey, 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 Joey, hey, Joey hey. yes sir.
3: You talk about a lot of Boston sports, but I never hear you talk about the New England Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> what do <you> think about- <laughs>
0: I am not talking revolution. If we want to stop that. We can't right now. Let's do it. Let's talk some. Revolution. I don't
3: even know the first thing about them. I just know they're looking for a new stadium. You think they're going to
0: get that? Could <laughs> hope so. I mean, here's the thing: there's, they're not going to get anything in Boston. Obviously, so they, they, you got to be doing the outskirts of Boston, the whether it's Worcester or you know, like. I yeah, put
3: in they the seaport somewhere, Joey.
0: They could, there's so much congestion there. I don't. I wouldn't uh, being close to seaport where I am in Southie. I wouldn't want that personally. But at the end of the day, yeah. I mean, you never know. There's there's a lot of money people. All get, right, what people the, pay,
1: pay, the seaport.
0: If the Patriots move there, that'd be interesting.
1: Not not be, would, you, would you accept that, or is it just because of the revolution?
0: It's just in general. I mean, even the pages You know I'm not of big Patriots fans. So at the end of the day, I would. Mean, Joey,
3: they, there a was plans. There. At one point, there were blueprints drawn up for a um, stadium in the Seaport for the Pats. That would never work. They obviously worked. got the hitch there. Dude, there's so guess,
0: much congestion there. There's nowhere to park it's anywhere there. It's ridiculous. I live in Southie. It's tough, but you know Seaport's even worse to a degree. Imagine
3: huh? if they went to Hartford like they were supposed to. Would have been nuts. You're right. I, I
0: we're talking some revs. I love it. Why not? Why not? Mixing everything. Hey, Paul, I want to get your opinion really quick. Celtics, where do you think they go? Finals?
4: I'm not one to be Just give us a prediction. Who cares? Bro, Who cares? Give us a
0: prediction. Finals?
4: I, I would like to see them hit the uh, the uh, the finals. finals like they did last year because that was a really good series, and I really liked um That's the only re- way I catch into basketball. So.
0: Hey, one thing <laughs> I want to mention really quick, which I know me, Joey, Mock, Paul, we're all at this game. We even told James, and we came back to his house afterwards. Saturday nights are a great hockey game between Northeastern and in UMass Lowell. Big hockey East game there. Obviously, UMass Lowell gets a win 3-2. to two. UMass Lowell was very impressive in that game, Paul. I know we talked about their power play. One of the most aggressive power plays in all of college hockey. I've never seen a team that the not only tries kill. to steal the puck but score on the power play. <laughs> what was your opinion of that game, P? Uh, yeah, the,
2: I
4: was, I was, we were saying that they had that, like, a really aggressive penalty kill. and they really tried That's to, right, on, the
0: penalty kill, exactly. So yeah, yeah
4: over, over Kyle, the other team during the penalty kill, which is really... Unseen in hockey, you try to be more conservative, but UMass Lowell is especially since what I've noticed last year and this year is they've always been very aggressive on the penalty kill, and it's kind of worked out for them a lot to the point where when we get a penalty, I'm like, oh damn, like we're gonna we're gonna get a goal, and then when uh, we get a power play, I'm like,
1: oh, we should be worried here. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that basically means that I should be playing from UMass Lowell
3: because I'll go to the box whenever. Oh yeah, totally. Hey Jay hey, totally. May, yes sir. I want to hear what your favorite MLB City Connect jersey is.
0: Okay, I like that. I'll give you this. I think it's the Angels one. I love the LA Angels one. I love – Joe O's already shaking his head. I love like that logo. You know, they have the number in between like the – what is it? home plate or whatever on that right corner. I think that's so sick. That's so fresh. Joe O's shaking his head. He's not a big fan of that drip. I love their logo. I actually have their uh, City Connect hat. So I'm going to go with them. I, I think it's very, very clean. I love the red and white. Uh, I take like a red and like beigeish. I love that. I, I think I think it's fresh.
3: Joe not a fan. Right, what's the what, what's the worst one? Worst one. Hmm, it's a good question. You shouldn't even have to think about that. You think the Red Sox one? No, I was gonna Dodges. say I better not be.
0: Dodgers. I was gonna say I better not be the Red Sox. I like the Red Sox one. Uh,
3: the Red Sox one's awesome.
0: The Dodgers. Dodgers. You are not a big fan of it? it
3: they, they write that. They use that font for every single jersey ever.
0: Yeah, yeah, let me see. I I know what you're talking about. Let me they see. They could have
3: put, like, a, the, the Hollywood sign or something. I, I don't know. Just, yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, you're not
0: wrong. I, I agree with you. It's a little bland, considering, you know, they could have maybe done something The best
1: that. MLB City Connect jersey is the Miami Marlins, hands down.
0: Oh, Elite. Actually, I'm with you there. I, I'm probably going to go. I'll stay with my angels. I'm switch up. I'll have them at second.
1: Elite. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. And it resembles my MLB team because they were so dirty.
0: It's it's drip. What about you, James? What's your favorite? Uh,
3: This is going to be a hot take.
0: Okay, my Angels was a hot take. So, uh,
3: I like San Diego's. So I like the crazy colors, dude. You
0: like that? I, I, I don't yeah.
3: know. Well, have you ever been to San Diego? Never. If If you are on the beach, on Pacific Beach in San Diego, wearing that jersey and a pair of sunglasses, and you got a little uh, maybe I don't know a piña colada in your in your hand, Joey, you're like, oh nice! <laughs> this is what this is this is this is awesome. These colors really fit this atmosphere.
0: Doesn't That's get fun. any better. Doesn't get any better. Other than but, hanging out at your house, James, last Saturday night. That was unreal. <laughs> Nothing gets better than that.
3: Well, you're going to come over for like a big game because you hear Tommy Curley throwing the air conditioner out the window every time. Maybe <laughs> <The> even <relationship laughs> <in> his baby.
0: <laughs> next, next Patriots game, I'll be there. Maybe, maybe maybe, I'll bring them some luck. You never know. But uh, one thing I want to get you guys' opinions on, all four of you guys follow hockey very much. Obviously, you guys are very uh, into hockey your whole lives. I know Mark's a big Bruins guy. All, the rest of you guys played hockey. Bruins 5-1 in the regular season already. Obviously, missing three great pieces in McAvoy, Mashan and Grizzlick. What are you guys' opinions on this Bruins team? Where do you think they go? We'll start with uh, I, we'll start with Marco Paul. Paul, you start. Paul, go. I
4: personally think they're going to go pretty far this year. Yeah, hey, you're not going to give them a, a, a round.
0: You can just say you know how you think they do. Exactly. Go ahead. That's my fault.
4: I think they're just going to go pretty far this year. I, I I personally think that they're really hot right now, and usually that's how it is at the beginning of the season, and then they tend to slow down and then try to pick it up a little more so, so they can stay on top. But I, I I think they're doing really good, and I think that um, getting uh, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh who <laughs>
2: would we just get back?
0: Oh, um, who do you get back? Mark
2: knows this. I, on, shouldn't, Mark. I should not he's, be blanking right He came now. back into the lineup like a couple games ago. But Bergeron coming back and Krejci from overseas. Well, Krejci has to come Craigie, back. Krejci, yeah. Krejci. I think he he's talking about He's getting Krejci back.
4: He's hot right now. I feel like that's a... Krejci got the Bergeron assist off the last, goal yeah. today.
0: He did. Look at you, yeah, James. Yeah, he I, in K-NN. I love it. James is locked in. You know? I love it. Um, I, I respect that. Palm with you. I think they can make a run to, especially considering they're doing it without one of the best goal goal scores in the NHL and Moshin, one of the best defensemen in the NHL, which me and Mark talked about last week in McAvoy, and then obviously a very good defenseman in Grizzly. That's three great pieces have for that Bruins team. They'll be getting back at some point. Uh, next up, I'll go with Jojo. What do you think about this Bruins team? What have you seen out of them? Where do you think they're going to go? You can answer anything or any uh, anything or, or everything. What do you want to do?
1: I think that there's just always something special when. When you have your guys, your Boston athletes that want to come back and want to play. And, I mean, Krejci coming back and, and, you know, everyone doing everything they can to be healthy. And, you know, Bergeron saying, you know, I want another year. Like, let's go. Like, you just, you just, I don't know where they're going to go. But all I can say is, like, you can just hope that they go to the finals. I'm they with you. Have
0: the heart. I like that. James Amaku. wants to go first?
1: And I want to see them in playoff hockey. because I'm with playoff, you. Ho- playoff hockey is some of the best playoff sports. Oh, it is. I don't want to make a concrete prediction. Yeah, you can uh, just say how, I, how you
0: think they've been playing. It doesn't have to be a prediction. Or but what You're I will say
2: is, you, like. you know, even without, you know, like you described, JMA, two, two or three of our best players. I think Marshan and McAvoy are two of the best at their position in the entire league. I, this is... This is a really, really well-rounded, good team right now, even without them. And I think it's it's hopefully going to only get better with them coming back to the lineup. And I feel really good about it. A lot of people were low on the Bruins coming into the year. Uh, a lot of people thought, you know, Krejci wouldn't have the same pep in his step when he came back, you know, to play in the NHL. Um, but I think, you know, the chemistry between all these guys is evident. You know, they've, they've played. The new system under Coach Montgomery has gone really well, and I think... You know, I'm, I'm hoping the is the limit for this team.
0: Definitely. I'm with you there. They've looked great. They had goals from everyone. I mean, they had 12 different goal yep. scorers in their first five games or four games, which is ridiculous. Yep, uh, Foligno's already
2: exceeded his goal total from all of last season, too. You're and, right. You know, the guys you got back, the additions that we made, you know, even signing like Greer has turned out well so far. So, hey,
0: Greer had one of the coldest Instagrams <laughs> I've ever seen from an athlete ever. That was unreal, that that uh, Instagram you sent me and, you know, yep. DM the other day. I used day. to
2: pray for times like this to shine like this. He put junior Bruins in his younger career days and uh, to be in the actual Bruins now, contributing the way he is. I'm, uh, He's killing very-
0: it. He's yeah. killing it. Um, and so, one last thing, James, what do you think about the Bruins? What have you seen out of them? Where do you think they're going to go? Anything along those lines? Uh, what do you like out of
3: these James? Joey? You can mark this date down. I think the bees are winning the Stanley Cup in, in five.
0: All right, hey, I'm with it. I don't mind it. Right. I love that. I've, right I've to the prediction.
3: Oh yeah, Joey, you put these these right. bees up against any of the t- other teams. Uh, Bruins are historically unpredictable. They are. You okay know what I mean? Like, like and, for example, like, Hockey, yeah, in general, but like I, I like this Bruins team. I, I like uh Joey always says that this Celtics team, this Bruins team, for that Red Sox team, you always say that on the <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I like it. I like the line with Crazy I do say uh, that a lot. Crazy Poster, and
1: Hall on that line it, 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 James. It- if the Bruins win in five, I'll buy you a nice steak. <laughs> <laughs>
3: buy <laughs> yeah, it yeah,
0: anyways, because he's the goat. Yeah. <laughs> Best <laughs> no, GOAT sorry. in DLS history.
3: All right, Joey, I got a, I got one more topic for you. Go,
0: Go ahead, for ahead. Keep shooting them
3: i just been thinking about what, so one of my roommates is from Ireland, and the other, his parents are both from Ireland, mm-hmm. and they wake up every, I think, Monday morning, I think, I don't know for sure, and they watch the Premier League.
0: Sunday mornings, Sun, early Sunday, Sunday morning. morning, yeah, early Sunday morning.
3: And they watch the Premier League, and one of them is diehard Liverpool, and the other is diehard Manchester City.
0: Yeah, rivals there.
3: And so what are you doing? Where are you going? Because they're going to be listening to this one. So
0: what do you think All right, here we now? go. Listen, my sister's is a big Liverpool fan. So I've always been a Liverpool fan because of her. I, even though I don't follow soccer as much as the other four sports, um, I've really gotten into it just lightly because of her. But if I had to pick between those teams, I'd go Liverpool. Obviously having a toughest start to the season this year. Um, but they were just in it last year. They, I think they're a point off from winning. Uh, the Premier League last year, which is no playoffs in the Premier League. I think it's just based of, you know, wins and losses and your point total in the regular season. Uh, but they just barely lost last year, um, which was tough. I think it was just by a point came down to actually the last game of the year. Um, but they started out cold this year. I think they started out, I think it was 0-2, or 0-3 or something. Uh, won a game or a couple games since then. Um, but... One thing I think to watch out for them is they have a ton of talent. Obviously, John Henry's the owner. I think he cares more about them than he does the Red Sox. I was going
3: to say that earlier. He cares way more about that than he does.
0: the Sox. He one hundred percent cares more about them than he does the Red Sox. But I do like Liverpool. If I had to pick a team between those two, I'd go Liverpool. Obviously, Man U, them being rivals with them, it's tough to obviously uh, to have two of those, you know, same in the same household or you know in the same family, uh, which is tough. Oh, to hey, pick...
3: Joey, they, they they get into fistfights. It
0: Premier gets the, League. Premier League soccer. They take pretty intense. Even soccer in Europe, is just in general.
3: Which Aaron has Harris a Liverpool from. tattoo. Who does? Aaron. Oh, roommate. your buddy Aaron?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. He had it. It's him? That's a, He's the big uh, Liverpool fan? Yeah. I respect that. I like Liverpool. If I had to pick one, I'd go with them. Mo Salah, Absolute Beast. Um, a couple other guys my sis is a big fan of. She watches every game, actually. So my sister's one. You're talking about getting up early Sundays. Should watch that over a Giants game. So crazy right. to hear it.
3: I, I'm going to have to run in a second, but I want to end with this. We should have a mini hockey tournament coming up pretty soon. <laughs>
0: I'm with it. Hey, I'm with it. Hey, James, before no, you leave, hey. one last second, I want to give you a quick question. I'm going to give all of them minute. You, you can answer first. Favorite Boston athlete in the history of Boston sports? Who is it?
3: David Ortiz.
0: I like it. I like he it. Does. I was going to go top do, 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 do. three. I was going to go top three, but you're busy. you got to get going. I get that. But
3: Top three? Hold on. Let me think. Tom Brady. All time. The tough one.
0: It is. It is hard. You can just give me a couple. Give me five. You want? Can't think of three. I don't care. It's whatever you got.
1: I'm gonna. You know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let James answer. But I'm just saying before I answer, I'm throwing curveballs. I'm not going the top headlines. I'm going Boston athletes that I love that I think deserve to be mentioned right now.
3: All right. All right. All right. All right. Ready. Ready. David Ortiz. I love Ramirez. Manny Ramirez. I'm gonna go Papelbon, and I'm gonna go um, Sean Thornton.
0: I love it. A little bit of everything there, you beast. I love it. <laughs> all right, thank you so much for coming on, Jamesy. Yeah, I appreciate it. I know you got to go, but thank you so much. Always a pleasure talking to you. Always a pleasure hanging out with you, and hopefully have you on again soon. Thank you. All
3: right, well, when I'm going to bed tonight, I'm going to have to listen to what their top threes are. When I'm I got dead. you. I'll send you this the is, uh, link. Don't worry,
0: this will be up in like an hour. I got you.
3: All right, listen, mini hockey tournament. Tell your friends. Let's
0: do all right. it. All
3: right, see you later. Thank you, you. Have a great. good one,
0: James. Take it easy. Thanks. All right, Joho, you want to go first or?
1: No, no, let let one of them go first. Mark I Paul, of one are you ready?
0: Top three, your favorite three uh, mm-hmm. Boston athletes ever. I mean, I got a cup. I, I it's tough than a third one honestly for me, uh, but I got a cup.
2: Yeah, I mean, to go with the top three is harder. I'm gonna say, ooh, I think I got one actually. Um, you know, obviously, obviously uh, for me, Patrice Bergeron. I mean, the guy is you know absolute class act. Captain of the Bruins now was a huge part of our cup run in 2011 and runs to the cup final. Um, I'm also going to go with Tim Thomas. He was like my hero when I was like little, you know, watching that 2011 Bruins team. Mm -hmm. First year I ever really got into hockey and, uh, you know, couldn't have ended better than the Bruins shutting out the Canucks game seven to win the cup. Um, and then the third is a toss up. I want to say big poppy or Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady brought us so much joy here in New England as well, but both of those guys, man, you've, you you can not find a more clutch athlete than them.
0: I like that. No, I'm with you there. That's pretty good. Pretty good three there, diverse as well through sports wise. So, you know all of you guys, uh, Joe Ho, Paul. Who's up?
4: I'll um I'll just start off. One of my favorites ever was Brad Marchand. Um, I looked up to him as a kid, and I, I really liked the way he played hockey and all that stuff. So I like He's that. A really big influence on me, and I like how he was like kind of like a like I have a guy that everyone pushed around, but he like pushing people around too. Uh, wise mouth. I love um, it. Another one I liked that everyone slept on was Eric Howler, and I was really mad when they got rid of rid of him this year. Um, I don't
0: mind that. Hey, he was pretty good last year. He had a couple good he runs. Good. He scored a couple yeah. of goals and like five goals in like two games at one point or whatever. What, six goals and, in three games. At
4: I don't know. I liked him. I just like I thought he was a good player. Everyone gathered around him, and he like just mixed well. I and like then,
0: that. I like having a curveball in there. I like that. Keep going.
4: Yeah. And then uh, I have to throw a third one. is hard to go for, but I I want to say Al Horford.
0: Oh Horford, you beast. I like it. Hey, that's pretty good. I don't think Horford would be mentioning any of I like it. He's got some love. He's got some love. I respect it. You guys all do a little bit of every sport, which is nice. None of you guys are just picking three, three Patriots, you know, Brady, Adam, and Gronk. That's pretty nice. It's, you know, it's a diverse group there. Joho, what do you think? You got it? Did we lose him? I think we lost him. All right, we lost him. Hey, it's all right. I'll give my three. I'll give my three first. You hear me? This will be great. Number one, tough. To pick just one guy, I'll probably start off Isaiah Thomas. I, I'm not gonna give it in order. Isaiah Thomas, one of them, legend for that Celtics team. Uh, I think if you look at it, Isaiah Thomas, what he did for that Celtics team, the reason why we got Al Horford, did it kick me out? Nah, you just they just like went out for a second. I don't know what happened. I was giving oh, my sorry. three. Isaiah Thomas, first one I named, absolute yeah, no. legend.
2: Uh, yeah, Isaiah I, Thomas was
0: uh, Isaiah Thomas, perfect. legend. The reason why you got Gordon Hayward and, and you know Al Horford, something that was Isaiah Thomas. Was I, Isaiah dude, Thomas?
1: Isaiah Thomas. The what he did after his sister passed away, he'll always be a great boss. Dude, athlete.
0: he chipped his tooth off the ground, fractured his hip, his sister passed away. He banged his mouth off the ground, chipped a tooth. His sister passed away, flies across the country, and then gets back at four o'clock for seven o'clock game, then puts up fifty two. Absolutely ridiculous what he did for this Celtics team. And if you look at it, no one had as much fight, love, grit in any sports. I think Isaiah Thomas is number one in my opinion. No one would have played through those three things. No one would have. So I give him credit right there, toughest boss and athlete. Love Isaiah Thompson more than any, even though he played the Celtics for, what, four or five years? Number one, favorite Boston athlete ever. I'll put him one. Honestly, I didn't rank him at first, but I'll have him at one. I'll give a current guy, just have a current guy, Alex Verdugo. put him in there. Little wild card there, love Redugo. He's The reason I watch Red Sox, even when they were out of it uh, in September this year, hopefully we sign him long-term. We still got a couple years left. Um, Alex Verdugo's two. Three's the hard one. I think that's, I think that's tough for all of us. I think, honestly, it's not easy picking a third. If I had to pick a third one, hmm. this is tough. This is hard. I i mean, David Ortiz is an easy one to go with. Growing up, as a big Manny Ramirez guy, so I'm going to go Manny. I'm going to go Manny.
1: Manny. <laughs> right, I can't Jo-ho. even pick three. You I'm just going to throw out some names, and you guys can talk about any of them if you want. But I'm just going Isaiah Thomas, no-brainer. Unreal. David Ortiz, no-brainer. Unreal. Tim Thomas, no-brainer. Yep. Patrice Bergeron, no-brainer. Yep, I'm going Jacoby Ellsbury. Dog. Yeah, dog, dog. Such a je- dude. Kurt Schillen.
0: Dog. dude. Curt Schilling, dog. Curt your yep. mind. just being a beauty.
1: I'm going, I'm going. Paul Pierce, dog. You're too young to even know who Tim Thomas is. Who's <laughs> Kurt Schilling, Paul? I don't know exactly. One. He
0: doesn't um, like the Red Sox, though. He doesn't care about the Sox much.
1: All right, and um, let me let me throw another one in. Ma- Dice K Matsuzaka yeah, Dice K, Matsuzaka. you beast, I love the it beauty. Dude, I've never been in family. I've been to a, I've been to a World Series Dodgers-Red Sox game I have not been to a more electric game than when Dice K Matsuzaka was coming out of that bullpen and everybody in the freaking stadium was going, Matsuzaka Matsuzaka yeah. <laughs> so, He was gotta, beast And then to top it off, we'll go Sean Doran and Milan Lucic
0: Okay, I like it. You gave a nice nice realm there. You gave give every sport a touch of everything. Uh, one one person we did all forget. We all forgot a couple actually. We all forgot two. Oh jeez. Joey and Ryan Hosey, baby. They're in mine. <laughs> They're in my favorite Boston athletes <laughs> ever. I'll throw them in. Love it. And then Paul Gerard too for his men's league games, I love those. Of course. Paul actually thinks I don't enjoy do we, going to them. I hey, told do we have the more time?
1: time or are Dude, we yeah, we're come.
0: good. The are, there's no one else coming in. We got time, man. So we can keep talking if you want. You guys are free. All now.
1: right, I, I got another topic I want to bring up real quick. Go ahead, shoot them. Go. What do, you, what do you guys think about the the NBA doing a mid season tournament?
0: Dude, yeah, I don't understand it. Here's the thing: I know that they want to do it. Is
1: they, that something? Oh, it's not official yet, but it's not official. It.
0: In the works, of no,
1: it, right? It is a thing, though. It is a. thing. It's
0: gonna be yeah. Uh, um, I don't what
1: know if exactly I like it, is, though. What exactly does it entail? It's like so, a tournament. You
0: get a trophy type of thing. And like, yeah,
1: no. It's the, a tournament between all 10
0: teams, all 30 teams. They play eight games each or something.
1: Yep. And then you it's basically just Top eight a tournament The to see who's play. the best team like, mid-season. That's interesting. How do that affect legacies? I mean, Mike, these,
0: these are 10 regular season games, Mike. So if yeah. you play eight regular season games, you're playing eight of these. It's, it's basically it's, like it's the beanpot
1: except the NBA. Yeah, no,
0: essentially. Exactly. Yeah, very good point.
1: Which is, which is crazy because, and I yeah, okay. like exactly how does it affect legacies? Because like, say you do this, say, say now that guys like that are just rising. Now you got Jason Tatum, top of the league, whatever, whoever else that is a young talent. Like, say they get four midseason titles and you know two championships. Like, what does that mean? If you know what I mean? Because like, yeah. you got Michael Jordan that wins six regular rings like that's obviously more than like a four regular season tournaments i just think that's where it gets yeah that is interesting
3: i didn't think of that though it's a good point
1: that is a good point yeah because obviously the guys who have
2: already played can't add you know those regular season like mid-season titles to their resume and i think that's another reason i i didn't necessarily like the idea of the nfl adding the 17th game because eventually, you know, a lot of like the passing records, the rushing records, you know, the touchdown records are all going to be broken because you're giving guys an extra 60 minutes yeah. of football to you're capture right. the title. You know, and look, you almost saw Cooper Cup break um, Calvin Johnson's record, and I really liked what he said last year. He said, um, you know, what he did in 16 games shouldn't be shouldn't be compared to what I could do in 17. You know what I mean? Right. And so I thought he was kind of a class act for that. He's always been that kind of player, but. You know, it, it just brings up the same <laughs> point. There. You know, how how does that does that even add to the resume in some people's minds? That's I mean, the thing.
0: It does not add to a team's goal? Because at the end of the day, if you have a guy that's hurt, that's a little banged up, you're going to rush them <laughs> back for the tournament. Probably not.
4: Uh, I was. That's what I was thinking. Like, do you even play your top players in that mid season tournament, or do you wait for the postseason to make sure that they don't get hurt? So you those
0: regular what? season those count as regular season games. I get. I think. I think it counts they to eighty two record. It's just yeah. the playoff games won't count. You know, in the tournament playoffs, but. And Alcantara's a regular season record, so I guess they'll still play guys. But I don't think you're going to rush guys back. I'm with you, Paul. I mean, do you just play guys, your best guys? Do you – I don't know what the tournament's going to be. You play every day. Like, it's, you know, AAU. Like, I don't know what it's going to be. You play. I don't know what it's going to be yeah. like, what that entails. But obviously, those details are important in knowing, what, you know, what the itinerary is of it. But who knows?
1: I mean, if they you know what would be cool? If they did a bubble-like situation.
0: I kind of like the bubble. I thought it was kind of sick.
1: The bubble the bubble basketball was insane. Dude, it was sick. It was. It was, actually it was insane, but the players hated it.
2: They didn't get to be around their wives. Yeah, I don't that. like that Obviously, aspect. Obviously, it happened for a reason. It was a once-in-a-lifetime thing, but there's no
1: way you could convince, you know, that... No, no. Champions. I, I totally 100%, 100% agree. <laughs> bubble, the bubble was sick.
0: I just thought it was it cool was that cool. they were all
1: together.
0: It was cool. Considering the
2: time and everything like that and the fact that, you know, they could have that championship and, you know, still play basketball and entertain everyone else who was still staying at home. It was it was, it was a good time, uh, but uh, so I, I can agree with you there.
0: Um, hey, one <laughs> last topic I want to, and this is another transition here, which I love applying from left to right. So we talked about Brady, maybe him being, maybe he being done. Aaron Rodgers losing three weeks in a row now to the Giants, Jets, and Commanders. Aaron Rodgers, what's the future? What's Aaron Rodgers' future? I'll,
2: I'll, I'll chime in here first. So I had Aaron Rodgers in one of my fantasy leagues, and I traded him today, and I think that should tell you how I feel about that team how I feel about that offense right now. I am completely down on Aaron Rodgers. I think a lot of the, uh, you know, sports center segments have been talking about, you know, Rodgers and Brady. Like, this is the worst stretches they've had in their careers, you know, and it's happening at the same time. Like, what do we think? And I think for Brady at least, and I mentioned this earlier, at least the answers to the struggles are on the team. The weapons are still there. You know what I mean? For Rodgers, you know, you just let your best weapon walk. And right. that <laughs> offense, you know, hasn't looked the same. You you put them up against a Washington team who has a secondary that has struggled horrendously throughout the course of this year, throughout the course of many years. Can't and,
0: score either. They can't do anything.
2: Yeah, right. and, and they can't get the ball moving, you know? Like, they, they you know, you got guys who are dropping the ball, you, you know, and they have two of the best running backs in the league, and, and they still couldn't get it done. I mean, that was just pathetic. And also, you know, they're playing against a backup who, to be in fairness— heineke has started for that team in the past but still like you know rogers that is not a game that historically you know he's going into and and, and, and they're gonna lose especially in that fashion
0: you're right that was that was a bad bad loss to so money. i
2: i don't know what's going on in green bay um i i still believe you know rogers back-to-back mvp he's one of the most skilled um uh, you know athletes quarterbacks ever quarterbacks of our generation ever honestly as well um but as of right now, I, I just can't see that team producing, and you know, within the snap with the snap of a finger, and it's been it's been rough to watch.
0: He's missing his wide receiver one, at Devontae Adams. It made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. That makes a big difference. You get another, you get him another wide receiver one. Maybe he goes back to similar numbers. I don't think he's ever going to be as good as he was with Adam. Yep. The connection was just elite.
2: The Packers are. I just don't know uh, making calls for a wide receiver now. I don't know, who, like you know, what type of guy they'll be. DJ able to
0: Moore get. probably, maybe Odell. You sign, I don't know, but Odell's too late in the season. They want. Yeah, and I,
2: ultimately, I think Packers management did it to themselves. I mean, Elijah you know, Moore been there for years, back to back MVPs, and they never spent the a first round pick on a skill position. I mean, it just goes to show you they never wanted to help him, and he was still able to make it happen. I mean, and, until now, I. There's still a good chance that they can turn it around. I said before the season, I didn't think they would win the division. I thought Minnesota was going to take it. Looks like You're they're right. in a good place to do that right now. But, yeah, I'm, I'm down on the Packers.
0: I'm with you. Joho, what's your opinion on Aaron Rodgers?
1: He's got nobody.
0: He doesn't. Romeo <laughs> he's, Dobbs.
1: He's down Shits <laughs> Creek without a paddle. And, yep. and there's no there's no way ands, or buts about that. And, I mean, I would just hate to see this be the end of them You know? <laughs> yep. Like... I, would, I yeah. would just hate to see it, but uh, very well could happen. Yeah. They say they don't want to trade him, but if the Panthers somehow decided
2: to part ways with DJ Moore, I think he's one of the only guys the Packers could land.
0: Elijah Moore, day. maybe? Jets?
2: Elijah Moore as well, yeah, but I don't think he's he's that guy, you know, put him on the outside or a one-on-one-on-one as much as exactly. DJ Moore, you know?
0: Yeah. They should have known this, though, going into season. Alan Lazard, although put yeah. up good numbers at the end of last year, it was with Devontae Adams taking the number one corner. So exactly. now you have a two corner on Lazad, and Lazad L- 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 is a good wide receiver 2 I'll say that. Yeah, wide receiver one, pretty good wide receiver two. He's, got, he's
2: had productive games and everything like that. But exactly, he's, he's a wide receiver that wide receiver you one number is not the guy who, who's. I mean, undrafted, you know, like, and I'm, I'm okay. It's happened before, but you know, like that offense, man. I didn't realize how much they relied on Adams until till now.
0: You're right. Yeah, it is. It's hard. Uh, Paul, you have any opinion on Aaron Rodgers? I'm just not a fan.
4: Yeah, and, uh I can't really speak on this topic. That's fine.
0: Hey, you're not a fan of anyways. I'm huh? probably, I'd probably imagine so. It's awesome. I
2: tried to get Daniel Jones for Aaron Rodgers, but the guy who had him had Kirk Cousins and offered me him instead. And I said, okay, I'll take Kirk.
0: Oh, DJ over Kirk, dude! You should have.
2: I wanted, I wanted to, but he said he wasn't. He said he wasn't gonna budge. I know.
1: Quick question: Where do we see Odell going?
2: I was. Me and, me I and Joe Wayne have, have been talking about this for weeks, and he knows where I stand. I don't know if it's where he'll end up, but I want him back in blue. I want him back in medley. I said
0: tonight, I want him back in the Giants. I don't know if that's yeah. going to happen. Uh, it's a different organization, obviously, now than we had when he was there. The front office is different. So even though we traded him, those guys are all gone. Dave Gettleman's gone, who I mentioned. So we'll obviously see what happens there. Um, I do think the Rams are a possibility. So think the Rams are bad. So if you look at it, he's probably doing a good team. I think right now, honestly, if I had to choose three teams, Rams, Bills, Giants. Those are my three. I think the Giants are still in the top. Yep. I think I the hate
2: Bills. The fact that Chiefs were brought up in that conversation. Chiefs are, really, in I mean, like, are in there. Ravens are in
0: there. Chiefs, Bucks.
2: Yeah, I saw there was a segment. It was uh, Travis Kelsey's podcast with his brother, and, and they had mentioned you know just the, the rumblings and things like that. And, and Travis Kelsey wasn't really willing to speak on it. I think you know Odell. The, no matter what happens, you, you saw what happened last year when he went to the Rams. They were a complete curveball of a team. You know they've been throwing out five, six different teams. In the mix, they said for weeks, and then out of nowhere, it felt like L.A., you know.
1: Uh, and do we, do we think Odell's going to be Odell when he comes back?
3: I hope.
0: I don't know. We'll see, though. The injury's it tough. It's tough.
1: It is tough. I think
0: it'll still be good. I don't know if he's going to be getting 10, 12 targets a game, maybe just 7 or 8, and you're not going to throw him over the middle as much as he used to.
2: The reason I think the Giants is, is I mean, is, if they were healthy, right, if Tony's healthy, if Juan Dale could stay healthy, if Galladay was good, Sterling's then I healthy. think— that (laughs) i mean it's true i don't think that they would necessarily be in the conversation uh but you see saquon and odell are still very close odell said he wanted to bring a super bowl to new york um i think he could honestly because because you know the giants are honestly the nfl team that even at six and one could benefit the most from getting a wide receiver i i think i think it's you know a, a marriage made in heaven i'd love to see him go back and i know joey You'd love to see that more than
0: anybody. Oh, I'd be so psyched. I mean, Daniel Jones right now is throwing a Richie James, a third-string wide receiver, which we yep. like Richie James, a third-string wide receiver. We out, do like Richie James, yep. Darius Slayton was a third, fourth string of the depth chart, fifth string of the depth chart before the season started. David Sills, practice squad guy. Maki a practice squad guy. That's Daniel Jones' four receivers right now besides Wanda Robinson. He's throwing a nobody's I think Daniel Jones could definitely use a guy like Odell. I think anybody could yep. use Odell.
2: And Ballinger's out too, now eye injury. So that's Evan just Nail,
0: Ballinger that's both fun. out. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you heard my segment. I did go off for about thirty minutes on the Giants. I did talk about Dave Gettleman.
2: Yes, I did talk a lot about Dave Gettleman. You changed my perspective. I'm not gonna lie.
0: Semi beauty, semi beauty. No, that,
2: that was a good. That was a good argument you made, yep. dude. No. I was going. I did get into I my felt like I was to Colin Coward, except he actually had a brain.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm with you there. Not a big call a coward guy, dude. Last week he gets on the air and he's saying the Giants are winning just because of the defense and everything, and I just turned it off. Uh, we still don't know about Daniel Jones. Well I'll tell you this about Daniel Jones. The turnovers are down, we're scoring, we're winning games. That's all that matters to me. He's throwing the fourth string and the fifth string wide receivers. At the end of the day, no one's gonna succeed in that giant system, still throwing a fifth and fourth string wide receivers. Yep. Put Patrick Mahomes there. He's not gonna throw over twelve touchdowns to Marcus Jones. Think about it too. Jones. You
2: said you said last year Daniel Jones had one of the most, if not the most, accurate deep ball in the NFL. He did twenty twenty, number one of two
0: point seven rating. Give him easy. a
2: guy who can stretch the fields. You know, I think a guy like Tony comes back. Man, that offense, that you could add another layer to that offense. It's already already been winning games.
0: Hey, we're talking football. We didn't mention, but this is a throwback. This is like, I don't even remember when, like February 2020 maybe. We had a 10-10 game, me and Paul versus you two. Maka and <laughs> okay. Joe versus me and Paul. That game was never finished. I checked yep. the line in Vegas today. Me and Paul have the ball. and was still favored by a touchdown and a half.
2: Because so, it's win by 100%. two. We're favored. I'm I don't right know home. about that. I might have to get back in the gym and get ready to uh you know, get some cardio and be ready to lock up Pauly again.
1: Pauly threw no, okay. like eight times. All, all I'm gonna say is I was on the field today, had my cleats on, had my gloves on, I made a catch.
0: Couple I, losses.
1: I, I no, I, I had one in particular to win the game. I went up, kid was taller than me. All I'm saying is I came down with the ball. No and, worries throwing the ball to you. Yeah. And that just goes to show that, you know, if, if you put Paul on me, kids taller than me, coming down with the
0: ball. It's not hard to I'm be taller than. I'm taking PG all day. Paul George, Paul Gerard all day. P G thirteen, baby. Anything else you guys want to add in though? I mean, I'm free. We can just keep talking if you want you guys wanna to go too I don't wanna keep you guys all night, but
1: no. I mean I'm I'm down for whatever. Alright, we I mean, one, one more segment.
0: They gotta get something good to close with here. I mean we had the three Boston athletes. That was pretty good. Um, that was a fun segment to do. Um uh, let me think. We can switch up from sports. Favorite artist to listen to? How about that?
2: Oh, I can't even. That depends on the season,
3: man.
0: All right, all right. Hey, before a game, you gotta get pumped up. Big game. Hockey. You have a game for hockey. Ho Baseball. Me Big and Mark game. football the most. Well,
1: it depends.
0: Me and, and Mark skis hockey.
1: It honestly, and I'm in so serious. Depends on my mood because if I'm if I'm in a little bit of a like. In a rut, like, uh, uh, like, oh, like I don't feel so great, but like I'm ready to go play baseball, dude. I'll throw on some like Carly Ray Jempson call me maybe, or something like that. Dude, and, I'm with you. You to already get know me what back I'm in listening. the element, but but if I if I feel like I got that dog in me today, little like baby. I gotta get ready to go. I'm playing that Meek Mill. I'm I'm getting <laughs> on the radio. I'm getting it pumping through my little ears. baby. I mean, hey hey, if I'm feeling like a, a stud, you know, I'll go all in by little baby. I, you know, the walk yeah. up song from last year. You know what yeah, I mean? Sure. But it really depends on the mood, you know. I could I can even play some breakup music even though I'm, you know, happy or doing whatever. But
0: uh, you know, <laughs> I'm with all that stuff. All, all good music, dude.
1: You know what I mean? So whatever helps me get in the frame of mind, I guess. I'm with you. I'd, I'd probably if, go
0: Kodak if, and Yachty still if I had to pick like a song to get pumped if, up to. If
1: but. you're trying to get into like a
4: like a a mad mood, um Definitely like Kendrick or, or yeah. or Eminem. Get but you in that's what I used to do. get in the but zone. Get in the so bed I bed also, also like re- any repetitive music gets you in like a, a focus kind of, um, yeah, zone. So like I think that's what I found was better for me.
0: Guy, I, I like I that.
4: Get yeah. more focused. I play better.
2: That's a good
0: point, Mark. What do you think, kid?
2: Just now, Bruins School, Uh, cross crease. Taylor Hall one timer. So two
0: to one bees baby.
2: Celebrating that one. Love to see it. Love to see it. Taylor Hall's been on fire this year.
0: Yeah, he's look great. He looked great. Big goal last week to win on uh, yeah. Saturday.
2: Wait, yeah. Um, I say if I have, like, one pump-up song, it, it kind of depends. Or like, an I artist. A um, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Uh, no, none of my songs are really, like, pump-ups, but um, as of right now, I'd say, like, Finders Keepers, Internet Money. It's very fun to get a pump-up. Yeah, I used to bump, like, the baby. Um I have a lot of his songs. I made an old, like, pump-up playlist from, like, three years ago, you know, back when I felt like he was on top of the game, so. And then he fell. <laughs> yeah.
1: Real quick, I, I want to know your opinions on Kendrick. I mean, we, we have this conversation all the time.
2: Yeah. Little, I, I
0: think he's overrated.
1: I'll are you that. serious?
0: I think he's overrated. I do think he's very talented. I think he's got some good music. Uh, I've never been the biggest fan, I'll say that. But I think he's talented. What? I think he's good. Never been the biggest fan. Bringing just up my at time. the end
4: of the show. what so you say?
2: <laughs> bring it up at the end of the show. I'll say <laughs> this. I think. I like, think a little overrated. Conversation, we've had heated debates about this before. I think Kendrick is the kind of rapper who will have all these Easter eggs in his songs and, you know, all this writing that will go over, you know, the average listener's heads. Um, but because, you know, he's a rapper and he's been in the game and entrenched in, you know, that lifestyle for so long, that's what really adds to, like, you know, his his music and everything like that. Um, but, you know, if, if you're someone who's coming for the melody and uh, isn't necessarily there for the story or the intricacies of the music, then Kendrick isn't necessarily for that's- you as that's a
0: great way to put it. I think he's got some good songs, Sit Down, Be Humble. I know Joe Joe was a big fan of that Yep. back in 2019-18. Yep. We were playing no, BCF Baseball when we won the chip. 2017-18, whatever it was.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just going to say, I I don't know. I I think he's the Anthony Davis of, of the game.
0: He's hot yeah, sometimes, yeah. but not always.
1: I, I say, like, you know, he shows that spice. He got one good game, maybe two, maybe good. Like, couple is he a top five songs.
0: player? Is he not? Yeah, a couple
1: good songs. And right averages out, and then he gets injured, or and then or and then he fouls out of a game, or he's just I don't know. He, like like you said, he, I think he's a little bit overrated. I mean, I respect him <laughs> after long discussions and long car rides, listening to him after I uh, shared that I did not like him, but uh, I respect his talents. But I think he's the Anthony Davis of the rap game. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. There. It's everyone has their opinion.
0: Hey, it's all right. I like it. Um, it's
1: not the right else? opinion, but it's it's an
0: opinion. I'll say this about him. I think he's talented. I'm not saying he's not talented, just not my type. I mean, that's fine, I'm not my type of music. Um, I, I see why you like it. because I, mean, I see just like Mark said there's intricacies in it and there's obviously a story behind every song and that's up some people's always different than what I was with with Kodak and Yachty, but that's fine though, right? We all got different music tastes. But I think it's a good question. I mean, you know, we all play different sports, we're all getting locked in at different times. Gym, baseball fields, hockey rink, whatever it is. You know what I mean? It's nice to I don't know you guys' songs that you guys listen to. I'll, um, I'll
1: throw this as as one more question for go me. Ahead. How do we feel about Zion getting injured again? Dude, mm-hmm. no luck.
0: John Morant might have been the pick of the draft. Mike Hurley said during that draft, John Morant should go first overall. I thought he was nuts. because Even though I liked Zion a lot, Zion was my favorite player, I thought no way anyone would consider Zion not be the first pick. He might have been right. Mike might have been right. But no luck with Zion. I think he's a very talented player. Obviously, injuries now the last two years. Uh, not really much luck. What was the time frame on this one? I didn't see the time frame.
1: I didn't see it yet either. I'm not sure. Either. Um, but all I just know. It's just he can't catch a break. I know. And that team, that team,
2: I like the, I like the uh, Pelicans a lot this year. I mean, especially getting him back. You know, they were playing a playing team last year. Um, I, Brandon Ingram, I like a lot. You know, you got a guy like Jose Alvarado who's been great on the defensive end and making some good plays. CJ um, McCollum. Yep, yeah, CJ McCollum's been great for them too. Um. You know, and it felt like you know with Zion back, they were going to be they were going to be able to get the ball rolling. And now, you know, it's at least goes on hold. I mean, they'll still win games, but if he's not going to be there for a playoff run, it's it's going to you know it's going to really really be hard. And yeah, especially in the Western Conference too. You know, you got teams like
1: the Warriors, the Clippers, as well as I know Joey say is a favorite team. So, big Clips guy. Yep,
0: Clipper mentality.
1: Uh, I I will say, I just did some research. It's it's not a major injury, but I guess
0: contusion, right? Yeah. Still, still, any injury with him though. Once he gets hurt, he stays hurt. So I, any injury yeah. with him is tough. It's just like uh, Sterling Shepard, Anthony Davis, uh, Robert Williams. Once <laughs> they get hurt with anything, they're out a while. Yeah. yeah. They're out a while typically. But anything else you guys want to add in before we close? I don't want to hold you guys all night, but uh, I don't know if PG's got some work to do. I'm sure. Max watching the bees. Yes,
2: yeah, sir. You know it. Joe
0: going to go through. Joe's going to go work out. I love it. Uh, anything <laughs> else you guys want to add in though? we we'll close with one more question or something. One more segment. Something. Anything Mark? You got anything crazy Um I I I
2: think I'm I think I'm good for now. Yeah, I I'm, I feel like we covered a lot of good topics tonight. Phillies in
1: 6, maybe.
0: Okay, yeah, World Series predictions, that's good to close <laughs> on. I know Paul said Astros in 5. Thank you, Paul. Uh, I got Phillies <laughs> in 6. Joe what do you got?
1: I need Phillies. so when I I would just say this, the Astros they have a lot of great talent, but I will never until the day I the day I leave the Astros after they cheated like that.
0: I'm with you. Yeah. As a fellow Astros, pitcher, too, you am not a prediction. fan of
1: the team. I'm going to change my prediction.
2: I'm going to go Phillies in seven. Okay. I think it's going to be a hard-fought series. Like you said, the Astros haven't lost the playoff game yet. I don't know how they'll respond when they do to the Phillies because, yes, the Phillies are like that. But then I think on paper, you know, you look at the Astros, their pitching staff, everyone like that, I think – the overall, the Astros, you could say, and you can make an argument that they're the better team, but I said this the other night, I'll say it again, I think the Phillies caught lightning in a bottle. You hit the nail on the head, Joey. You said it before everyone else did. Bryce Harper right now, best player in baseball. And I, I think the Phillies take it. I think if it goes to that, you know, magical seventh game, I think the Phillies will pull it off. Soon.
0: They got the pitching. I mean, both teams are really good pitching at the yep. end of the day, so they got the pitching. We'll see what happens there. Paul, your prediction was Astros in five, Correct.
4: Uh, I was just joking about that I do want the Phillies to win um, I don't know much about baseball but
0: <laughs> Phillies in what um, six, seven
4: yeah I'd say six or seven I think in the, in the very finals it always usually goes to like seven six or seven What's well, more money
0: the leagues love that yeah. so I'm with you there. they yeah. love that it's more money more yeah. games more ads yeah. on TV yeah
1: I was gonna say I wanted to talk about that real quick before we get on. Do we do we think that the playoffs are rigged based or at least the finals
0: I it's think they like want things to go... The first few games. I would say they want things to go as far as they can always. Yes, I would agree. If with I
1: that. had to point to one league and say it's, it
2: could be rigged, uh, I mean, the NFL has had some shining problems.
0: Dude. Um, think
1: the yeah. NBA has too. NBA oh, too. Oh, NBA as well, yeah.
0: Some bad calls in both of those NBA and NFL it's a big month. NHL, I think, no, I think NHL is kind of as fair as it is. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to say rigged. I don't want to go that far. Um, it might but, be a
0: little skewed, a little, you know, where yeah, you called like all like
2: Times where you experience corruption, you know, um, yeah. and, and you hate to see it compromised. By the sport. like you said, with the Astros cheating scandal, um, you know,
1: obviously you never want to see that in any sport. Um, all I'm saying is, if I'm the umpire for these games in this series, I'm giving the Phillies every close borderline call, and the Astros are getting none. The, the ring, <laughs> ring them up, ring them up, ring them
0: up. You beast, I'm with you. So we have Phillies in six, six, seven, and Joho, You got the Phillies in what if you were to pick?
1: Uh, let's go. I'm I'm right with you guys. Six or seven.
0: All right, we got four Phillies there. It's pretty impressive. Not often yeah. we get all of us on the same side in sports take, especially. Considering any, anything but but baseball. Yeah. We're, we're gonna
1: it, be it's going to be a battle. I mean,
0: But football never with the Pages and the Giants, huh? Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, we're but we're it,
0: will w- page. it will be a oh, battle. will
1: be a battle. Except for that Saquon Barkley's an absolute dog. Yeah. He is. Called it before the year started and now everyone's all over him again. And that DJ's underrated. DJ's yep. on unreal.
0: I just went off tonight about DJ for like 20 minutes.
1: Oh, trust me. I was
0: listening. Appreciate it. Thank <laughs> you guys so much. Listen, I appreciate it. that. It means a lot. PG was even chiming in. Give me some just a special text though saying the opposite <laughs> I was saying, but hey, you might be right though. Maybe the Astros do win in five. You might not be wrong at the end of the day. But uh anyways, was well, I'll let you guys go, but thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh you guys are always welcome to come on and talk. I, I love this. This is unreal. We even had Jamesy come in. I mean how Absolutely. Lucky we got
1: live from the garden.
0: Live from the garden. We got live from St. Mike's, live from UMass Lowell. live from Dorchester, and live from BC. I mean, that's just a touch of everything. No yeah. one's live from Southie, unfortunately. Should have got my dad in here just to get him going. <laughs> thank
1: should've, God.
0: Should've should have been everything. <laughs>
1: Next time, we got to call him
0: Mike Hurley. We should, Mike Hurley's watching The Bruins. He didn't want to come on, but he should have got him on. Sports guru. If I told him you guys were coming, he definitely would have. But he was listening live. He wanted to watch The Bees. He'll come on next week. If you guys want to yes, come sir. on next week, he'll be on next Tuesday. So, Absolutely. Tuesday's with the sports guru, the sports legend. Uh, Joe, I got—I forget what your nickname was, and Paul, I got to make one for you, but I'll get there. I'll get All there when I get there. But, uh, anyways, guys, thank you guys so much for coming on. I appreciate it. it means a lot to me. You guys took the time to come on for an hour and a half, whatever it was, an hour and 10 minutes. So thank you guys. Much Thanks for, that. Thanks
4: for having us.
0: Hey, my brothers. Thank you guys so much. Have a good one, boys.
4: All uh, right. You. you do the same.
0: Anyways, thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. I will close up now um, just to give you guys a breakdown of what I'm going to cover probably in my next episode uh, on my podcast, which this will be uploaded right there. I'll give some predictions in the NBA season. I didn't do that tonight. Um, I'll talk about some college hockey between the uh, BC-UNH game from this past weekend. BC won that game, 5-0. Then Northeastern losing 3-2 against UMass on Saturday night at Matthews Arena. And then I'll talk about what happened in the phillies Padres series and the Yankees-Astros series a little more in the NLCS and the ALCS. Um, and I'll talk about some other things going on in the NFL. Uh, but anyways, thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. I want to start out with all my thank yous. Thank you, James and Joey Hosey, both of you guys. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Mark Walsh, Paul Gerard, a pleasure having both of you guys on as well. All four of you guys brought in some great takes. Uh, about sports it was really great talking to you guys having all five of us in a conversation uh, it was really something special so thank you guys it uh, really was a pleasure we talked everything baseball with the red Sox, celtics bruins patriots liverpool soccer the new england revolution BLS Hockey, Northeastern versus UMass Lowell. I mean, we really covered everything uh, and even did some takes on our favorite Boston sports athletes and even gave some takes on music that we listened to. It was really cool. It was a great episode. I think this is probably my favorite episode I've ever done, truly, um, which was awesome having all of them come on. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. Thank you so much. As always, it's a, a pleasure being able to come in here and just talk, uh, and I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen. So thank you so much to the Loftus family, Auntie Lisa, the Keith family. My whole family, everyone listening, all my siblings uh, does mean a lot. All you guys listening in every single week. Uh, And everyone else listening in as well, the sports guru, uh, Mike Curley, Easy e Thank you guys always uh, for listening. You guys always give me some great takes, and I'm happy I could uh, add in all of that. Thank you guys so much, the whole O'Malley family. Uh, I'm getting choked up here with the amount of words. I, you know, I'm throwing out a million names with the whole O'Malley family, Maureen O'Malley, and the whole entire family, Murphy O'Malley. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. Uh, it's great having you guys listen in. Hopefully, I'll have you guys call in um, at some point soon. Um, the whole O'Malley family, Keith family, Loftus family, my whole family. Uh, it's a pleasure having you guys all listen in. And Auntie Lisa, and then everyone else who called in. Uh, the Hosies, James, Joey, Paul Gerard, Mark Walsh, and, of course, Uh, James Ho is a legend calling in, uh, from, from the garden. Great having him come in. Uh, anyways, thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. I will be back in the studio for this, the primetime sports podcast next Tuesday night from seven, eight o'clock, maybe even nine o'clock again, like we are right now, uh, since no one, no one comes in after me. So I can really just keep this going till whenever I will be back in here live in the studio, WZBC AM sports studio next Tuesday night from seven to eight. Talk all things sports again. I will probably upload a couple uh, podcast episodes over the week as well. Um, And then also, I will be live on air tomorrow night, 8 to 9 o'clock, for the Playbook with Joey and Zach, the show I had last year that me and Zach uh, got back in the studio for last week, our first uh, episode in six months, uh, which was great, five or six months, uh, which is awesome getting back in the studio. So I will be live again tomorrow night from 8 to 9 for the Playbook with Joey and Zach, and then next week from 7 to 8 o'clock on WZBC AM Sports Radio. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it and hope you guys have a good one. Take it easy and take care. Thank you.